Tavern. Oh, hey. Oh, hey there. How's it going? Welcome back. Yeah. Wait, we're here again? We're here. We're here prop- maybe maybe for one of the last times. Uh, we are Real Play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Podcast. Did you bring the mead? Almost certainly. Oh, we focus on narrative-driven storytelling, plot development, something like that. I, I don't have a goof anymore. This is my masterpiece. This is the last real episode. I think we might have a little bit of follow-up uh, to really drive home the ending. But this is the last session. This is, this is D&D. And uh, this is the first campaign that I have ever completed from start to finish. And I don't know if y'all knew that, but this is the first one that I will have ever accomplished. So I'm sure it's going to shut down and cancel at any moment. Naturally. But I just wanted to appreciate that I'm here (laughs) at the end. Uh, Stop tempting it. My name is Jameson Oxford. I will be your dungeon master. To my left. Hi, I'm Ryan. I play Roy, a halfling rogue warlock. Holy shit, he said the things. And, uh... I'm I might 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 be a little more fey than just halfling at this point. Pro almost like entirely cuz there was a dome earlier and I couldn't get through it. So yeah. It's very much up in the air. Avil's still here in my head live and kicking. Let's go. To my left. This is once again Strana back for the last time for the first time no no the last time truly this time. I tell you. Uh playing Bobadopolis, your favorite dwarf wizard who now can create clockwork creations at the drop of the hat. <laughs> that said. Yeah, that's not a power that I'm going to worry about biting me in the ass, because it's the last episode. It's great. <laughs> to my left. Fuck it, yeah. Nothing's going to bite you in the ass anymore. And finally, this is Jeff. I play uh, an awakened undead, a skeleton, but not really a skeleton, and not really an awakened undead in this story. I'm a fae, a fairy man who's a skeleton, and a sorcerer, and a gentleman. One might say, a gentleman skeleton. One might say those exact words. Some could say that. And Some for may. what feels like is really the last time, I'm reprising my role as the gentleman, the skeleton, Mr. Thaddeus Grimm. What is that? And it's a hat. It has appeared. He can doff it. He does. It's not allowed. <gasps> and then it's gone. Oh, and just like a thief in the night, it's gone. Damn right. And again, for all of you, all 16 of you that have made it here to the last episode, <laughs> thank you. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Yeah. And um, to all of us. Yeah. No, it yeah to the, to I, all I, of us, I, really. Whoever's listening, thank you. It's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show. A wild ride, you might say. And it took a wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, once more into the breach, and we'll see you on the other side. Last time, for the last time, on Torchlit Tavern. <laughs> Roy and Grimm encountered the famed Wild Hunt, coming face to face with a host of predatory fae as they chased a pack of fleeing people and animals. As they made their move, however, Pan and Baba Naga appeared, throwing themselves in the ring for leadership. In the ensuing chaos, Roy summoned a goat, became prey, and Bop and Daedalus rode the wind. In the end, the jolt to the pursuing host was such that Grimm was able to fully immerse himself in the energy and take control. While Grimm rode after a fleeing pan, dragging the wild hunt away from the refuge set up at Bruce's old home, 
Evan, Mullion, Roy, and Bop spoke with Hornig, quickly using his communication rig to contact the various mages across the city. Star, using her divination, informed them that the Numenites were making moves to cheat and somehow began their ritual before dawn, and the other wayward mages were contacted and told to convene on their location. All of this while Bot began working with the power of his Dorvan artifact, Home Carver, to construct a way of transporting everyone to safety in the form of giant silver caterpillars and piranha, as Bruce's home became a mobile battle station heading towards the cliffs. Grim caught up with Pan and took him down with the help of his new wolf mount. Baba urged him to kill Pan to seal the magic of the hunt so that he would be able to hold on to its energies, but Grim offered Pan this chance to submit, return to the pack, and chase Baba instead, which he did. We pick back up after a small amount of time. Grim rides before a host of spectral and living fae, mortal animals and soldiers of winter, spring, summer, and fall. And over the last hour, you have amassed a series of captures, as several of your fairies now drag large nets in which many living and frankly terrified civilians and animals can be seen yelling for help. Yelling, but alive. Roy and Bop, you find yourselves watching from the window of a floating house across a torrent of water. You see the half-drenched Church of Moors, and just slightly further, you see Grim and his host dragging their quarries and moving across the rooftops. You guys are both converging at this stage on the Church of Moors, and they sort of stop, and you see from across a couple of rooftops, you see some mages that are that are using their spells to traverse the water. You see the three of them catch up and they bring in tow their own little group of civilians and they join up with you guys. And they drop in and immediately it's sort of a question of from Hornig. So if you wanted to use the crypts, this is the time. I see no sense in us driving all the way back. It seems that we're safe. Does this thing need to be driven by anyone in particular to keep it going? It's a fair question. Uh... It's just saying where I go right now. Um, try to make it turn. Um, who, we need to test who, this. Who, who should do At this? Point to hoarding. Try asking them. Um, go toward the cliff. Uh, you see the whole thing lurches and keeps moving across the water. Uh, is it going the right way? Like, will it keep going the right way? I think it'll just keep going. Okay. Oh. All right, all my little wigglers. Stop the motion. <laughs> it stops. They stop. I, 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 sorry, that phrase made me pause. Um, in that case, no, it seems to follow my direction. Mullion. Def- definitely my direction. The house slows to a crawl, if you will. Uh, Mullion says, uh, I can stay with him if you want. I can, uh, I can make sure that this gets where it needs to go and protect everybody. You know. No. Well, yeah, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Mullion, you. I wonder. You wasn't out on me? I. Uh, no, Roy. This house uh, is. You know me. After all this, man? You want me to go with you? You think. You think that. Nah, Molly, I'm just busting your balls. Please, please save the people. <laughs> Come on, you couldn't reach my balls. I wouldn't want to. He <laughs> tossles your hair. Don't worry, man, I'll catch up. Besides, I gotta see what happened to Granlin. I think she wanted to come with. We'll take care of it. Save me a piece. <laughs> I'll do what I can. No promises. Uh. So, Grim, you see them floating in your direction. You see that a lot of the fairies <laughs> see this thing and how it is protected by all these silver monstrosities in your mind. 
uh, and you see like a lot of like they all look at it like it's unholy and they want to keep away from it. It gives them the same heebie-jeebies that fairies usually give mortals. Why do I feel uneasy? They are underneath. <laughs> you haven't learned a fear of silver. Okay, and it feels not like obviously not. You can't touch her. <laughs> She's got nothing to worry about. Get touched by silver. It sucks. Noted. Uh, I sit astride my new mount, and I look over and I go. Worry not. They are not our prey. What would we hunt now? Is this the mantle? Uh, I, I message him and I say, hey, did you get Pan? Uh, I, I point over, I look over at where Pan is in the group and then look back in your direction and I go, yes. Pan is sitting on top of a, of a very large dire rat and he's dragging behind Bob and Naga in Oh, that. okay. Well, wasn't expecting that, but I'm into it. Just don't let her go, okay? No kids. <laughs> uh. Of course not. Oh, okay. So you're you're still you're still talking like that. Okay. <laughs> Do you? I don't hate it. It's it's a little grating in in the message, but it's all good. <laughs> it's like echoing in my head like that, but it's probably can't help it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Astute. Now, something that I want to do, because I just remembered it, and it's important to you now. Last episode, it wasn't enough time. Let me just go ahead and throw me up a Grimm's character sheet. Oh, shit. Let me see that. Let's view. Let's go to equipment. Because from across, you see not only is Grimm fully in charge of this group, but at his side is a gleaming longsword, fully imbued. The moonlight seems to have congealed it into a solid shape, and this weapon is conceit. A sword that he has carried with him for a long time, but has been broken longer than you've probably been alive, Roy. Well, it's hard to Likely. figure out because of time. Uh, almost certainly, though. Yeah, if Conceit had only been broken for like 20 years, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. It, it, you know, time be wibbly-wobbly. <laughs> and I'm just going to just unclick this shit. You, ain't, you, you don't have this Conceit broken bullshit. Get this shit out of your life, bro. <laughs> you, just you just deleted the the broken in parentheses and the stats are the same yeah it's the same it's the same fucking sword <laughs> uh go ahead and check out those stats if you'd like and if you'd like to read them yeah of course conceit has been forged anew what once was shattered along with an ego is now rekindled with quiet power conceit deals an additional 2d8 psychic damage and its main statistic for attack is charisma once attuned to conceit, a hunter gains the following abilities. True Sight at a range of 50 feet, and you may cast the spell Hunter's Mark as a bonus action at the highest level. What's more, all damage caused by your Hunter's Mark heals you for the same amount. As I hunt you, you grow weaker, and I grow stronger. So, on that note, you guys disembark from the mobile home that is Bruce's house, and you find that you, in order to get into the... Church of Moors and the crypts, you're going to have to go underwater. So do you guys have anything to prep for that? How many people are going at this point? It's you, Oh, my Daedalus. God. What's up? I have it. <laughs> oh, okay. Fuck, you scared me. <laughs> you mean besides my ring of swimming and hat of water breathing, which I whip out, place on my head, and just start cringing. God damn it. <laughs> starts cutting himself. <laughs> Uh, for for listeners who haven't listened to, like, episode fucking 50, how does that work again? <laughs> All right, so the ring, I have to give it blood. Uh, the hat just constantly pains me. There's no getting around it. It's just a constant migraine. What? 
never remember you having these things, but it's great. I'm into it. No, remember the uh, whale, the whale yeah, episode, like the only where we caught the whales. Oh yeah, that and when he went under <laughs> underwater in the rivers below the city. Yep. God. Yeah. The reason Bob can swim is totally because of magic and no other reason. And they're cursed <laughs> in like dumb ways, so he has to like bleed and shit to make them work. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm going to take out my bubble wand and bubble myself. Oh, so let me take a hit point off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm in this thing. But I'm not going to be able to, like, direct myself, so someone's going to have to pull me like a balloon. Uh, you see uh, a couple of the mages cast uh, some spells. You see one of them gets gills. Another one just sort of casts, prob- like, water breathing. Uh, and, f- and, and then fucking Aegis just sort of wraps your bubble in a little field of, like, a little lasso of energy and says, I got you. And I appreciate you. <laughs> you guys all start getting into the water. Yeah, um... Yeah, Grim doesn't have lungs, so that's yeah, not, like, an issue. <laughs> not an issue. Uh, is Grim gonna stay with the wild hunt, or is he gonna go forward? As they go and we watch them, uh, the entirety of the hunt, I promise them big game. Yeah. I promise, I, I said, I've already stated that the, what is to come is to get back what was, what was lost and what was stolen. Mm-hmm. So I watch as ready they ourselves. begin to disembark. Yeah. As they ready themselves and begin to disembark down into this water, I, I say to them, We shall see you at the quarry. You will. So Grim, you start to follow the path of the wind of the hurricane, which is getting tighter and tighter. And what's weird, the eye of the storm seems to be trying to follow your host, especially as you start to achieve sort of a clockwise motion. If you do a bigger circle, the eye of the storm gets bigger. And you start this circle, and you know where you're going. You're starting to circle the Church of Newman in a big pattern. You're still picking up civilians and this and that as the storm rages and your host follows you. Roy, Bob, you guys, you, you Roy is in his strange submarine. Uh, you guys, are, you guys, the mages, Evan. I'm, ba- I'm baby Yodaing through the caverns. Excuse me, Grogu. <laughs> we all live in a strange submarine. Hey, at least it's not, at least it's not a barrel filled with dwarven spirits. This is the, way better, <laughs> honestly. Let's see. Uh, you know, you know what? I leveled up, Evan. Evan turns into a fucking fish. Oh shit! It's a level hey. three druid now. Um. Hey, quick question: Should we do that yeah. too? Because you said that if we made it to the other side, should you we leveled level up, up already. our characters? You guys are level 16. I Did already I? gave you that what? level up. Did we? Nah, your boy still says 15 right here. Oh. So does mine. Do it. Are we supposed to go up to... Oh, All fuck. Right. Yeah. No, I made a promise. You guys do that. Let's just stop the action while y'all level up. Fuck, the music. I wasn't prepared. I know. Play the music. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to do a lot of narration. You, you guys level up. You feel this power surge through you. And the strange <laughs> Zelda music as you move through the fucking water. Uh, fucking Evan, uh, can turn into a fish now. Everybody has a way of dealing with the water. It's great. Um, you guys swim underneath. Hornig sort of leads you guys. Uh, Bill Oak stays with them. Him and Aramendo are gonna kind of help figure out where to go. They take you underneath the Church of Moors, where it's, it's completely submerged. There's bits of, like, oaken furniture, sunken, other stuff floating around. And they take you below, and... You know, they start to pantomime this this large sarcophagus-style stone door, and 
they, they give you the impression that they think that it will not have been flooded beneath. They want you guys to help them figure out how to open and close this without the entire crypt being flooded. Hey, my level up is very, like... <laughs> I have some spells to read, bro. <laughs> okay. I'm a, That's I'm a, a big deal for yeah, you. Yeah, huh? I kind of need a minute. I'm getting a 7th level Mystic Arcanum right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got. I got a whole bunch this is of. This kind of, these. of a big deal. For got me. a bunch of mages. Uh, Aegis throws up this wall of force <laughs> against the other wall to make like a new bubble, and then you see that you can create and destroy water, right? As a cleric, well, I don't see why not. If nothing else, it's no. That's can't. an option. This can't is the Church it. of Moors. They can destroy. It used to be create and destroy water. I honestly don't know for sure. So I, I typed it in and it finished me. the fucking spell for me create and destroy water first level transmutation cleric or druid you either create or destroy water so the clerics start destroying water in the dome and they make like a little airlock and after the water is out and you guys have had all this time like 10 15 minutes to sit there and look at your spells uh they start to move the stone door once the water is pumped out you guys step in they close the door and aegis drops the dome that he had protecting against the flooding you guys are now in the crypt, and it is relatively dry. Leaks are coming in through the roof. There's, you're standing in about knee-deep water, but it hasn't flooded like the rest. It's not going to last. But Hornig says, If we continue down deeper and deeper, it does get into the... It gets into older and older crypt space. I haven't even seen the bottom of it, but I know it continues deep into the tunnels beneath the town. It's probably closed off, but we can open it. And I'm just going to give you guys a moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for real, because like... These are not just like, oh, you do this thing. Okay, fine. Yeah, th these are these are big deal spells. <laughs> yeah, no, this is all like huge shit. I, I gave you that level, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I'm glad. I have I'm glad. No I could regrets. get finger, dude. I could get finger of death right now. Fucking. So this is what it looks like when when Roy levels up. You're in like your mind space with Avil looking through a book and Avil is like, this one's really good. These, these are things that I can show you how to do. I do like that one. This is Finger of Death. This is what they cast on you earlier. Who? That bitch that we that we killed. She, oh, if, damn if it. you had died only... fully, you would have risen as a zombie. What a bitch. 10 whole minutes later. Second Java. All right, guys. Fresh pots. I think you guys have gotta 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 make your choices. I'm I'm working on it, man. Well, I've made my choices. I was fine, and then fucking, as it turned out, I had to pick a spell too. Fucking wild. Jesus Christ, why did you do this? You asked. Jeff asked. I did, cause I wanted it. Okay. Um, hey, you know what? You're right. Jeff levels up. Roy, I'm gonna take that burn off. Don't level up, bud. It's cool. Hey, you thank you. It. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> You're good. Don't worry about it. You don't have to. I took I took Steel Wind Strike. Um, a quick a quick thing I just remembered. Air Mendor also was there to help heal us right after we were here in this catacomb the first time. So we've all met Air Mendor. Was he? Oh shit, that's right. Uh, and you know what? That's a good fucking point. He heals y'all. Oh. Hey. I mean, didn't need it that much, but hey. You keep saying that. Well, you know, I'll just keep on trucking out here, boys. Between <laughs> Hornig and Aramendor, y'all will have full healing. hit points. Just go ahead and do that. I'll get my... Got some healers with us, boys. Fuck. Oh, man. You know who really, really, really needed that shit? Evan. <laughs> Evan's with us. Fuck yeah, he, he did. is. 
Yeah, no, Evan's getting it. Evan yeah. needed it. He was down to like 15 less hit than points. 20 or like less than 30 he, hit he points. He had 15 yeah. hit points. Jesus. Yeah, Evan was hurting. Speaking of which, there's a lot that is going on. I need you guys to pull up an NPC and play them. What? I need, what? in the upcoming thing, I need you guys to run two stat sheets. Oh, shit. It's important. Okay. Uh, uh, if I have like... a character sheet for them, they are here. Uh, Mullion may, might join, and I might have to hand him off, too. But Daedalus is here, as well as Evan. So I need two of you guys to pick one of those and play them. Obviously, I'll just I'll just take Evan. Okay. That's just the easiest. I've already been doing that. Yeah, as far as his actions in combat go, please play them. Uh, as a DM, I'm feeling tapped, and I wanted y'all to help me. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I guess I'll take Daedalus, yeah. Okay. I'll pull up his uh, shit Yeah, right go now. ahead. Go ahead and pull up his shit. I leveled him up as well. Yes, thank you, because right now I'm having to use my phone. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's good that we don't make you go back and forth then. Uh, we will try to avoid that for you, Strana, but... You guys move deeper and deeper. Catacombs are not well mapped out. This place was built as the dead were added. It, they are walls of skulls, if you're familiar with the catacombs beneath France. That is where you are. And these catacombs have been happening over hundreds of years. It looks like the Church of Moors, or at least some group in charge of keeping the dead, has maintained these in multiple iterations of the city. There are stone sarcophaguses. There are walls of skulls. There are bones piled up in dead ends that you see in torchlight that Aramindor and Hornig carry with them. As you move deeper and deeper and deeper, eventually you do get to a solid stone wall that looks like it has not been opened in many, many years. Also, it's gotten drier and drier as you've headed below, because it looks like the water is sort of pooling in different areas. You even have seen Aramindor and Hornig stop occasionally to uh, cast some spells to try to drain the water away from the dead as they've gone deeper and deeper. You get to this wall of stone, and they turn to the mages and say, this wall has been kept closed for a long time. It might be uh, impossible to open physically. Pop, I think this is something you can help with. Oh, that is definitely true. Definitely true. It should be only a six-inch thick stone block. Uh, yeah, no, not a problem. I reach out and touch the stone. A little bit of stone shape. I, I make a nice dwarven door in front of us. Complete with a uh, uh, latch that is the dwarf's mouth, and you just pull down on the mouth. Okay. And it clicks open. <laughs> uh, it clicks open, and there is a, a small surge of water that crashes against the door, pushes you back, bop, and, and then it recedes, and you realize that beneath the city, you have basically opened up into one of the river systems that you remember that you've, you and Bruce rode down here a long time ago. Uh, uh, right behind you, Daedalus gulps. Okay. Great. I love it here. I remember this place. And, and the rivers look like they are rushing really hard this time. Like, they were already a, a dangerous way to travel through these tunnels. This particular river is trying to feed flood water to that the ocean caverns faster than it is capable. But the, the, ca the, the tunnel itself is still wide enough that after the initial flooding, it does carry itself back out into the, the main pass again. Well, nothing for it, lads. Ah, <laughs> uh, just like old times. Old old times. You, you think this is old times? Well, it's new times. The memories is old times. Tips, 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 tips. <laughs> Bob, Bob, you, 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 you have been 
my least favorite travel partner, and you've done great. And that's really weird. I can't figure it out. Thanks, I guess. Not a problem. Not a problem. Well, time to take another plunge. <laughs> We're just going to jump in? Just uh, watch out for the Crystal Caverns. <sighs> yeah, I remember that. I guess that le- at least will let us know when we're there. Yep. If you if you sh- see a sparkly, glittery bit, that's what we're looking for. And I cast light on my ring. This bop just... Oh, okay. What? Yeah. You just jumping in it's the like, water? Just... Okay. <laughs> um, you guys watch uh, Bop just sort of dive into the water uh, with another pained look on his face. <laughs> Just there we go again. <laughs> the hat of pain or whatever the fuck it is. And, uh, that's the hat of pain. Yeah, that's the hat of pain. He pulls it over his head and cringes and dives into the water. Um, Daedalus looks at you guys. Are you sure that none of you have a better option? Uh, and the abjuration wizard, the illusionist wizard, and the evocation wizard all look and go, no, this isn't, this isn't our thing. No. Yeah, not so much. I hate this. He could have made a boat. Says Bob goes down the river. He could have made a boat. He's transportation. Swimming is stealthier. <laughs> Hurry up. Uh, do you guys just jump in the water? Yeah, man. Everybody jumps in the water. Daedalus is the last one, as everyone else just lets the stream carry them. Daedalus cringes and jumps in the water, but he is wearing the water or the corkboard armor that lets him float. So he's just sort of lazy rivering <laughs> it down this. Disneyland ride. I need everyone to give me um, constitution checks and dexterity checks. Uh, depending on what you want us to do. I need both. Dexterity oh. is to avoid hitting the walls and hurting yourself in the rocks. Constitution is to avoid drowning. <laughs> Alright then. If you are trained in athletics, I will let you supplement that. Um, does Evan, you said he he wild shaped, even though technically it's not the way it works according to what I just read. He said he wild shaped into something with gills. Does Evan need these? No, oh, I said he wild shaped fully into a fish. Yes, right. So he doesn't need to roll these. No, yeah, he, he can do it twice per short rest. So this will be the second time. He just turns into a fucking whatever you want him to. He can be a fish again. Just keep I mean, swimming. Yeah, just keep I, swimming. I, I, I didn't know he'd come out of being a fish. So He's, he, I, I mean, guess, yeah, unless somebody fucking back. carried him. I'll fucking carry him. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right. So I he mean, never stopped being a fish, and he just is being carried by Roy up to this point. He swam in the puddles, but every once in a while, when it got dry, Roy just carried him around. That's cool. That's sure. I wouldn't trust Roy to carry me if I was a small animal, just because of history. But I mean, I didn't put him in my pocket. I mean, he's not that. I'm small not going to bed anytime soon. He's like a barracuda. He's like a. Yeah, I mean, he's like a. a it, as it turns out, like a. He can only be like a a quarter. Uh, challenge rating, but like I've looked at the quarter challenge rating things. He could be a fucking salmon, you know. Like he's he's he definitely turns into a salmon now because these are some raging waters. He turns into a salmon. Uh, Seraphim salmon. Seraphim salmon flips out of Roy's hands before Roy can jump in the water and dives into the water and takes off. Uh, okay, Daedalus got an eighteen and a sixteen, and Roy got a twenty-seven and a seventeen. Holy shit! So yeah, uh, Daedalus. He's doing okay. You are as well. You you stick with Daedalus and use his flotation, and the two of you just sort of cruise on down the river. You don't hit anything. You, you, you're strong swimmers, apparently. Daedalus is not. He's just floating. I'm the strong swimmer. <laughs> yeah. He's Hey, you just rolled the best swim check he's ever rolled. He's doing hey, great. Hey, fucking Daedalus is just floating. I am holding on to him, and I'm kicking. Uh, Hornig and Aramindor probably did the worst in the bunch at this point, but... Uh, 
you see that like, oh wait, there's three mages as well. You see these fucking, these fucking old losers, these old nerds. It's those flowy robes that you have to wear when you're yeah, a priest. Yeah, not great for this. It's not, it's not good for swimming. Yeah, uh, Not ideal. <laughs> Comet and Fow do great. The dwarf, or, uh, ages, not so much. Makes not sense. Not having a good time. Uh, he, he just gets That's battered hilarious. all the way down, uh, and he's going to take a bunch of damage. You guys start to see a section of the river mouth opens up. You see that you're heading into a big cavern from what you can see. Uh, you see that Bop's light. Uh, Bop, what do you do when you get to the mouth of this river waterfall, basically? You see that you're about to shoot out into a bigger cavern. Uh, wait, here we go. Pinch the nose. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> this was a rough ride last time. You just, you're just going to go? Featherfall. So there's nine of you. Uh, so Bop can only cover five. Uh, Foul, I'm just gonna give him Featherfall. I, he's, his spell list is nebulous, and it's a fucking generic spell. Foul casts <laughs> it on the rest. He has trouble finding Aegis, because Aegis is tumbling around at the bottom, being a very heavy dwarf who rolled a crap athletics check. Uh, and, but he manages to get him right at the last second when he shoots out of the waterfall, and you guys all drift down to a pool of water that is moving a little less quickly. You can see your guys are sort of drifting toward another waterfall, but at this point you just swim to, the sh- to a, a side shore. Because you realize, as you land in the water, that you are in the main cavern. And I have a map! Yeah! Map. Yeah, man. I'm the map! You guys land in a room bathed in purple light. This entire room, as I've said before, is like a giant purple geode. Crystals skittering off of the walls. And unlike last time when things were relatively dark, the Church of Newman have filled it with the light spell or other forms of light. That's what they like. And that light is shining off of every wall, surface, and crystal. Everything not bathed in the white light of Newman in the center is bathed in the purple, strange, eerie light of this geode chamber. You guys are in a pool of water down in the right corner of this map. You guys don't know which way south, west, north, any of that shit, because you've been underground for a while? Um, there are two dwarves there. Dwarves almost always know where they are underground, sir. I think you're going to need to wind that back. Hey, 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 Jeff. How about you stop busting (laughs) my balls, man? It's episode 134, 134 episodes. You've been here for 100 of them. I'm going to need you to get off my dick. Hey, bud, 100 episodes, you'd think you'd know what dwarves can do. You son of a bitch. So, back to my description, Jeff... Before I was so rudely interrupted. Go on. Bop, you know you're you're in the southeast corner. Or the southwest corner. No, hey, southeast. Energy. You're in the southeast corner. No, no. No, Jeff's right. Bop and Aegis know <laughs> that you guys landed in a fucking southeast corner. And, uh, and, and you guys are a little bit below the level of the actual structure. Not a lot. You can see just enough of what's going on, though, to make out that there is now pillars of light that they have made magically is reminiscent of daylight as opposed to torchlight. There are pews set up. They've created some sort of strange church down here. The portal that stood near the center of this large pillar that rises up from the waters 
that you know that uh, there's a lot of tunnels that lead back out to the sea from here. They have a crane to help them move supplies, and looks like there's rowboats down below, and they have moved a lot of things down here, either through the tunnels or by using the ocean. There is an altar that they have set up, and standing in front of it is Tal Val Opal, the High Priest of Newman, who you guys have had very little interaction with. Sitting in the pews are a series of clerics and paladins of Newman, and they are all looking at what Tal Val Opal is doing. And he is quoting in some archaic language that might be celestial, but you don't speak it, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, Fucking give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> Thank God, because I didn't write what he says. <laughs> yeah, I only have a couple dwarfish. Thank God, I knew it would be bop if, if I was going to be fucked. <laughs> nah, we good. You see standing next to this. Oh, not- shit, no. Daedalus does know Celestial. Oh, yeah, Daedalus speaks oh, the language. Yeah. yeah. He, he's speaking the language, and you see Daedalus is just shaking his head like, oh, no. Daedalus, what's what's going on? Uh, he's trying to do the ritual. Funny story. Grim's character sheet actually says he speaks no languages. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this whole show needs to be retcon. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't he even speak common? He <laughs> doesn't even speak common. He's just been chattering at y'all this whole time. He doesn't... <laughs> comedy yeah. All right. so just under my languages it just says none so <laughs> as I was saying uh, Daedalus is shaking his head he's, he's it sounds like he's getting the ritual going every, and every once in a while he'll pause and the whole congregation will say Numen in an Amen fashion most notably though there's something else that really disturbs you guys the first of which and not the most alarming is standing next to Talval Opal is a sodden and drenched and half undressed Krieg Van Berga. Bruised, Fuck battered, off. scarred, and recently healed. Fuck that guy. God, but it looks damn like it. large sections of his armor have been peeled away. He looks sodden and furious. But that's not nearly as impressive as the 12 foot angel that stands what? next to Talval Opal. An angel that speaks to him in a language that you don't understand. And you see that Daedalus like pinches his brow as he hears it, and then Talval Opal says back to him in common, I do not need to listen to you, for I am filled with the light of Newman, and I know what is right. <sighs> Daedalus, what what the what the fuck is going on? The angel's warning him against what he's doing. Hey, Jay, I have a terrible, great idea. I fucking knew you would, bud. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Uh, uh, What's a little bit of planar binding between friends? You do what you got to do. You're currently, I guarantee it, out of range of anything that you're going to do at this point. Okay. So my question to you is, what do you do as he admonishes this creature and turns back to the altar and starts to get louder in his chanting? So how, how far away is he? Uh... You guys are one across a, like, 50-foot expanse of water. Let me pull back up my map so I get a clear view of that. Yeah, you guys are more or less off the map as I have it drawn, but you're about 50 feet across pillars of stone and crystal, and then you'd have to cross a 30-foot gap of water, and and then you could reach the actual pillar where everything is going on. Uh, So you're about 100 feet away. I'm just going to say 100 feet. All right, so, so you're saying 80 feet away. You are 100 feet away, as I just said. Okay. You're off the screen, like uh, I said. And then the map shows another 
Well, sorry. You're that's from the actual pillar. You are another five, ten, fifty, sixty feet away from the angel. Okay, so I'm 160 feet away. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So this congregation, I, I turn to the priests of Moore and I go, um, I'm sorry, guys, but uh, you're going to have a very busy evening what? next day. What? Maybe what? next week. What, what, what are you saying? What is what is happening? Daedalus yeah. is like, Bop, Bop, please don't, please, what are you doing? That That is a that is an actual messenger from my God. What are you going to do? Well, I, I see I'm not going to about the it. angel. Well, as far as, as far as I can tell, the angel's not helping them. Um, I hope that at least doesn't appear to be. It would shake my faith uh, quite but, a lot for it to do so. I was, I was, the, I was also worried about having to fight an angel. But the congregation, uh, they seem to be definitely uh, power. As stuff. you say that, and you guys think like it's not really doing what he says, you see Valaktal Opal say something to it, and then it like it shudders, and then it turns to the altar and starts bathing the altar in light. Fuck. Oh, that's definitely not. Good. Never mind. That is not good. Hey, that's uh, not. You, you know, that looks bad. He continues his litany of of prayer. Uh, we need the sneak. Who who needs the sneak? Uh, who, who uh, needs the sneak and then float. As you guys sort of pull yourself out of the water, you also see that on the outer edge of the pool of water, there is a dome of light that you remember that looks very familiar, and it's any shape I freaking want it, Jeff. It, <laughs> that is surrounding this area. And you recognize it as the forbidden spell that you were warned about. Yep, any shape you want. Hey, uh, it was hard to see in the in the strange purple and white light, but it's basically where the two lights meet that you see this. So, so there is one. Tell me, uh, so the forbidden circle is just around the cavern itself. Uh, it, it, it it's sort it's as big as they could make it around where they're doing their shit. Okay, so like. We need the hunt. Don't look up forbidden. You'll just realize it's not the way he he did it. I'm the DM. I can do what I want. <laughs> Grim, Grim, do you think you can do think something about this? Grim is. We we need to actually call him. <laughs> yeah, your your <laughs> this message is a good point. does not reach someone. Can somebody call Grim? <laughs> hey, hey uh, <laughs> take a second and call Grim. <laughs> I, uh, I I the only way I could make calls was a very large contraption that I left behind. Uh, well, it's a good thing I know him then. What? But <laughs> I, I know a person. It's not that hard. I don't. I don't follow. But I'm gonna just let you do your thing. Why does Fao not speak up? He's got a fucking phone. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, Fao. Fao was like, I do. I have. A, I have. I have the Yoon phone. Um, I know. That's why I told you to fucking use it. God sorry, damn it! I'm I would have been sorry. better off bringing Star down here. Rude. I tried to be helpful. <laughs> I'm. I'm sorry. It's just, it's well, been a so long I, no, campaign, I, 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 and you've been I useful know. for about 2% of it. I, I, I know, I, I know. It, I've dropped the ball. I'm sorry. Well, we'll, I'm, I'm we'll call sorry. him. Yeah, uh, yeah, do that thing. It's all good. I, I, I apologize. I'm very sorry, Aegis, Aegis, who's like picking himself out of the water, looks at Comet, and Comet goes, I, I'm not sorry. Go fuck yourself, Roy. Comet, we have had little to no interaction. If you died right now, I wouldn't care. Buff. Likewise. You know, I have my own story, you know. Hey, you know what? I respect that. And I walk over and I shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't feel right. This feels convoluted and unnecessary. But I'm going to shake your hand, too, because this is a fantasy world and we can get along. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Bob, what did you say? I heard you say something. <laughs> well, well you, you can be useful now. Um, how would you make that call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's already got his phone. He's like going through his, his contacts. He's like, no, no. Oh, oh, Susie, I have not talked to her in a while. Uh, um, God damn it, Fowler. We're waiting. What? I'm busy. I have a life. 
fucking. And then he, t- he hits a button. Well, like, a lot of us are about to not have lives if you don't hurry up. Grim. Grim. Grim starts Grim. with G. Grim. Fucking hit G. Grim. Why are it's, you scrolling? It's a, it's a sigil. It's not the alphabet. God uh, damn it. <laughs> Grim, you are riding Look for at a the top front. Of, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Grim, you are riding at the front of a host. And the circle is closing. The tail end of your host is you, you've gathered so many cats, dogs. You have captured people and put them essentially to the choice. Prey, predator. And you're surprised how many people change who they are when given that option. So your host has grown. Your nets aren't as full as you'd think. Even some of the ones that you had before are caught up in the wild hunt. And you... So the tail of your host almost... You're almost riding into it. The... You are encircling what was once the Church of Newman. Hell yeah. Like, uh, like the two wolves who chase each other in the sky. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, and as you chase your own tail, there's no more prey involved in this anymore. You feel the, the, the magic of the hurricane and the magic of the hunt start to become one thing. And you can feel that energy building up in you. And you guys start to lift off the ground. You are riding and you're no longer touching the ground. You're about five feet off of it as the hurricane starts to rise into the air. Fuck yeah, riders on the storm. Yes. It's at this time that you hear a phone call. Yeah, riders on the storm style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your phone the, goes... The fucking phone pops out of my pocket and starts hovering in front of my face. And I've got... You let it play for a little while because you love this course. track. With one hand grasped tight on the, I don't know, reins of this creature? The mane. You did say it had a saddle before, but I don't know. No, 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 I said the horse had a saddle. This is a fucking wolf. You're just grabbing onto a hand, I mean, handful of hair. Yeah, that's fine. So, with one hand grasped tight in this handful of hair, the other hand holding tightly onto his sword, and his body tucked in uh, to get the most of this, uh, to, to be the most aerodynamic, to run the fastest, to charge as they uh, as they come closer and closer into their prey. The phone pops out, and riding, riding on the storm's plane, he's like, oh. <laughs> and he fucking, he answers it with the pommel of his Blade once more, conceit reforged, and he looks at it. Yes. yes. Hello, Grim. It's Fow. Yes. Yes, Fow. We have made it to the center of the of, of the, the Church of Newman down here in the cavern. It's but weird. We have a forbidden spell. We can cross, but the rest cannot. Your your allies cannot. We, we encroach upon it quickly. We shall, we shall fall. Unto it with all our might, and those among us who can continue to hunt shall hunt. I hope you can soon, because it looks like things are going to reach ahead. How are you going to get through the stone and the forbiddens? Worry not. Our path lay before us. Now, Grim, one of the things that your new fully forged weapon has given you is true sight. You don't even see the material plane anymore. You see the Feywild. You see both. And you realize that if this is true, that that might be one of the problems and one of the salvation. Because in the Fey right now, it's brightest day, beams of sunlight rain down on the Church of Newman. Not the Church of Newman. It's a patch of empty ground. It's the Church of Newman. Sunshine <laughs> beams on it. Uh, and you continuously go in circles, sailing higher and higher. Back in the tunnel, you guys are... Trying to figure out what to do, the phone click, the Yun phone clicks off, and they like Fow turns and shrugs. He seems confident. Is he still talking like that? I I guess he's very archaic. It seems to happen to Fay. It's really weird. Uh, just, 
a veal tur- like in your head goes, it probably happened to you. It's it's like an accent. It's hard. It, oh. It'll get in you, it, in you, and it's hard to lose. It's true. Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm so glad I just finished swallowing that gulp of water. <laughs> Oh shit, Avil! I think I think it's already happening. <laughs> so you guys are stuck against this wall of forbidden. You know that you can't cross it. You guys look nervous, and you hear sadly, Valaktal Opal, the high priest of Newman, is reaching a crescendo with his his speech. You hear that the other priests are raising their volume with him, and it's not good. He utters one final powerful phrase, and a small beam of light breaks through the ceiling of this colossal cavern. Shining briefly upon the stone altar before him, time seems to freeze as the beam seems to slow, dripping the final few inches to touch the mantle of spring. A tiny caress of sunlight that kisses the seemingly innocuous bundle of cloth. But as it touches a sound like a blast of a mighty horn and a thunderous boom rocks the world as the cavern roof is blast asunder. Up high, seen over a hundred feet above, the blasted half-destroyed ruin of what once was the Church of Newman sits astride a gaping fissure. Cavern and the church begin to spin and spiral up into the very air, sucked like a tornado of light toward the sky. You and the paladins and priests of Newman, both your allies and enemies, are either thrown to the sides or begin to be sucked into the maelstrom, or both, as tremendous winds fill the cavern, buffeting everyone in all directions. As the roof of this cavern explodes, Grim, the very ground beneath you, detonates. And below you, you can see the swirling maelstrom, and you know where the hurricane leads as you dive into the hole with the host. Below you is a large dome of magical fairy energy, and you ride the wild hunt straight at it. Crashing headlong against it, the entire energy that drives behind you and the host go against this god energy, and they both shatter. You are all in a storm as the forbiddance comes down. Two things happen. One, everyone rolls initiative. And two, you are snapped out of the, the leader of the host. The host is shattered as it reach, as it and the, this powerful spell of Newman that they spent days casting, fueled by the energy of their deity. You shatter it, but it's going to shatter the illusion or the whatever you have going on in your head. You are going to be grim. You can maintain your visage if you wish, but basically you find yourself caught up in a tumult. A lot of things are caught up in this tumult. The hurricane enters this cavern and everyone gets swept up into it. Roll initiative and then tell me what y'all do. I roll 15. Alright, let me pull 19. up a fucking wild chart. A fucking wild encounter. Uh, I got a I got a 22 and Daedalus got a 6 because he has nothing plus initiative. Uh, Evan got a what? 20. Roy. Hi. You find yourself caught up in hurricane winds. Uh, if you do not succeed at a DC 12 strength check, you will be cast into the air. Actually, oh. I'm going to make that a 15 because you're tiny. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Hey, that's four. Roy, you are immediately picked up and thrown into the wind. It's now your turn. Awesome. You find yourself in a literal cats and dogs situation as a lot of the host are doing their best to hold on to some vestige of magic and fly in this hurricane and keep themselves from crashing into each other and like causing a lot of damage. So like you find yourself in a bit of a tumble. The longer you stay on the outer edge of this hurricane, you will bump into things and take a certain amount of damage. What do you do? Is it only, so it's, it's swirling around in the cavern, correct? 
Absolutely. Uh, okay. Wind, water. The, the, the water from the pool beneath you is getting sucked up into this, so everything is wet. Everything that touches you is turning to ice. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, was, salt water, and you're freezing it. You're wild. I was going to take a moment to uh, let me get as close to, I guess, the middle of the cavern as possible in this hurricane, and I was going to teleport toward the middle. Okay, roll me a uh, dexterity check. Okay. 26. Shit, dude. Yeah, dude. Ask so me to roll get, dex, not strength. I know, man. Uh, so, yeah, you get sucked away from the girth because you're not strong. You're lightweight. But that's not a bad thing. As you kind of get yourself under control, you immediately see Daedalus' mule from before, and you use <laughs> it to kick off. You jump off another boat that got sucked up out of the water beneath, a rowboat. You flip around that as it rotates, and then you dive toward the mainland, and you teleport in the last little bit. You find yourself just barely getting the edge. You have to do a little bit of balance, but you rock yourself forward. Right okay. in front of a shit ton of cultists of Newman that are all getting their feet back under them. And they got next. Okay. Um, <laughs> I so, am... Just so you know, they, they're getting their feet under them, and they rolled just after you. <sighs> there are a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That map. Uh, everything that is light gray, that's them. They go next. Everything in dark gray are the paladins. So you've got a bunch of priests and a bunch of paladins. Um, the priests go next. The paladins go pretty soon after them. How far away am I from the mantle? You are... You've used all your movement. Yeah. Uh, but you are 60 feet, I stated, to bop earlier <laughs> from the mantle. A lot of stuff between you and it too because there's this like pile of supplies they have piled up it's like a wall so you have to move around that i'm going to cast eye bite on our man at the altar there okay what do i need to roll that is a uh, 18 wisdom okay what does eye bite look like for the spell's duration your eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power one creature of your choice within 60 feet of you that you okay. can see must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be affected by one of the following effects of your choice for the duration. Uh, on each of your turns, until the spell ends, you can use your action to target another creature, but can't target a creature again if it has succeeded on a saving throw against this casting. Okay, what does it do to him? I would like to put him to sleep. Okay. So, Roy, as you land, uh, and you get closer to everything, and you get out of the tumult, you notice that not only is all this light and tumult happen, but the portal itself is filling with a bright light, like the light of the sun is on the other side. And you see that a shadow has appeared in the light and is rapidly approaching the door. As you do it, though, you see that Valak Talopal slumps against the altar, and you see that just before this large shadow hits the door, you see a large glowing palm place itself against it like some sort of glass, as if something has stopped its momentum, and it stops where it is. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yeah, that's all I can do. <laughs> okay. Uh, you see two cultists immediately run forward to try to wake Tal, uh, Tal Opal. Uh, they run forward and they like slap him and they toss some holy water in his face and they seem to be rousing him. That's their whole action. Uh, Roy, you are the only one here. You're about to get hit by Sacred Flame Cantrips. Six of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. What's your AC, bud? No, sorry. <sighs> I need you to roll seven dex. Oh my god. Yeah, it is. Hold on. I need to find seven d20. Flame-like radiance descends on you from all directions. You need to make seven dexterity saving throws or take one d8 radiant damage. 
What is my save? Eleven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, that's all of them, bro. I mean, I, I add eleven. I don't it even know why I rolled. Yeah, I mean, you could have rolled a one. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> Not even with. 11. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Fuck them. <laughs> you could have rolled one. I don't know. Alright, uh, well, you, you, <laughs> you immediately dive behind this stack of, uh, of like supplies that in crates they have here. Looks like they got some snacks or something, you know. It gets it's busy doing this call. Hey, you do what you gotta do. They all scream, bring forth the dawn as you dive behind this and just light flares up all around you. Like, like, of. of Bright light. The dull ones, the ones that are just white, like they didn't add any color to them whatsoever. Lame fireworks display. Evan. Evan has the next highest roll. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, that's why I asked. Once again, starting his round, Evan needs to roll a strength check or get picked up by the wind. His DC is only twelve. Is he still a fish? <laughs> he doesn't have to be. <laughs> He's not anymore. Evan stopped being a fish. Coward. Um <laughs> <laughs> Evan Evan makes the strength check. He he hits 12 on the dot. Okay. He's going to help everybody out. That's his plan. So what he's going to do is he's going to look around at everybody and he's going to go, Do you want to be hidden? Who here is interested in being stealthy? The, the mages all nod. We can take better positions, yeah. So he casts Pass Without a Trace Fantastic. on everybody there, basically. Everybody in his... Okay. Everybody in the 30 foot. Everybody 30 oh, everybody? feet around him right now. Oh, okay. So everybody who's still here gets hit with it. Got gets it. the pass without a trace. So that's all of them get a plus 10 to their stealth checks. Okay. Anything else? And so they all get a plus 10, but he's going to have to stay within 30 feet of everybody. If you go too far away, I can't help you. Stay with me. And then he's going to roll a stealth check because, like, why not? And uh, he right. starts to move nimbly. I'm going to go ahead and say, just cause, so you understand the map, the easiest way for him to walk would be along the bottom edge here heading toward the pathway. You could probably hop, skip, and jump your way across some of these pillars here. Yeah, he does that, and he, you know, everybody who's fucking smart stays with him, and he rolls a stealth of uh, 22. Oh, actually, that's not even accurate. 22 is the flat roll. I forgot to add his skill. So, uh, plus the skill. Everybody does real good except for the dwarf once again who splashes a lot. But he still has a, a decent enough stealth splash that shouldn't be too obvious at this range. As a 36. Sorry, he rolls a 36. <laughs> he's gone. He's, he's like a shadow. Uh, they do okay, comparatively. Yeah, he makes sure to not lose most yeah. of them. Alright, uh, that's going to be the end of his turn. Yep. Uh, Roy. Yes? You, uh, you're hiding behind this, this, this bunch of boxes and shit as lights are like lighting up everywhere. And next to you, just crashing through a pile of baskets, bursts a paladin of Newman. Uh, a, a fist raises his long sword. It glows with bright light, and he swings at you. He is followed by five others. Uh, they're not all going to get at you, but three of them push forward and try to take swings at you. Six attacks. It's only two hits, dude. Hell yeah. You, you squirrely song song gone. You said they come crashing through my cover? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just like baskets and like boxes. Like it's not too heavy and they, they cut through like a, a fairly weak spot come around at you. Uh, only, like I said, only three of them are getting at you. They're taking two swings each. Uh, they are going to hit you with their radiant weapon, which does an extra d6 damage. And you're going to take a total of 19 damage from both hits. Okay. You cannot stop the light of Newman. Yield and we may go easy on you. 
No. <laughs> what? I, I feel like this is I feel like this is a very simple and rational request. We don't want to kill you, boy. Fucking no. Grim. <laughs> hey, that's me. It is. That is you, bud. Grim, you shake yourself like awake after coming out of a beautiful dream. Yeah. Sadly, you're not really leading the host so much. But that's okay, because the host is still here, and the energy of Fae is all around you, and there is a beautiful chaos happening nearby. You are currently caught up in a whirlwind, which is a little awkward. Okay, am I am I falling? Uh, not so much. You're kind of caught in a weird little tornado, and if you don't do something, it could be some bludgeoning damage as you crash into stuff, because your fancy duds do catch good wind. About 80 feet toward the center of this thing, you see the mantle spring down. I'm gonna go ahead and roll a random dice real quick to see where on the uh, map you kind of start out, because you kind of started out in the hurricane, uh, starting at one, so you're at north. The portal is between you and the mantle. And I'm still, okay, and I'm still in the sky? Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I make my way down towards the mantle, uh, you know. Uh, How? Um, well, that's, that is a question. Can, can I, like, push yeah. my way down? Can I grab onto something heavier than me? Because uh, literally grim You can try to do heavy. similar to, to Roy, because he was very nimble. He rolled a dexterity check to sort of kick off and stuff and, like, make his way over there. Uh, or you could teleport like you have. Tell me, my, my, my dude. How would Grim move through this? I mean, am I far away from my wolf mount? Oh, yeah, no, that, that guy, you, you look, look to the left, and he's he kind of tumbles, and it looks like he's trying to paddle through the through the air. He looks a little bit like a lost puppy at the current moment. That's hilarious. I'm glad I asked. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, you know when you hold a puppy in the water and they swim, even though they're not really in water? That's what he's That's so dope. This just so adorbs. It Nothing is falling. Everything is in a is in a windstorm that is keeping everything aloft. Okay, cool. So I could just teleport straight to the... Uh, yeah, it, it, you're a little shy, but yeah. Okay, cool. I'll just teleport straight to the ground then. Yeah. And you're there, and once again, you barely, like, managed to get to just the, the edge. Portals between you and Valactal Opal, who's being shaken awake by his priest. Directly in front of him, sta- sitting on the altar, is the Mantle of Spring, which you can kind of see through the portal. On this side of the portal, there's such bright light that it's hard to look directly at it. Okay, as Grim teleports to the ground, his feet land, you, you see him in his normal visage, his knee-high boots, his pants tucked in, all except for he still has a wreath of feathers around his neck in, a, in, a, in an interesting collar, which he decided to keep. He looks at the mantle and knows what he must do. So I run there and take my, the, my movement, because I, there's a bonus action to teleport. I move as close as I can, and as I approach, to distract them, I... Uh, I'm assuming you're not going to go toward the planetar. Nah, no, it's, if, if possible, not at all. No, that's that's an awful idea. So at the end of your turn, you can actually get just in front of it if you go around the portal here. Um, yeah, I'm going to get... You're only like five feet from the mantle. Yeah. Uh, that is going to put I, you oh. right next to Krieg Ben Burgot, though. Okay, actually, there's another thing I want to do. Let me roll real quick. With a... Oh, well, that's not fucking fantastic, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not fucking fantastic. Thank you for that answer. No, it's not. It's not. With a perception check of eight, do I see my hat? Uh, yeah, it's sitting there on the altar. It's sitting there below the altar. They took it out and they just sort of set it on the side. It's between you and the planetar. Okay. Really quick, what's the planetar? Can it's an that? angel. Oh, okay, for sure. Big scary angel. 
It is a a twelve foot tall, large celestial with flowing an like angel wings, uh, made out of like has it has gray skin and golden wings, and it shines with light. I hate that for us. Sure. Me too, bud. Me too. Uh, so yeah, I I move towards my hat because I know my hat is gonna really help me get the fuck out of this. Like I said, you are out of movement at this point, and you are directly in front of Krieg Van Bergen. So directly in front of him that I can attack him? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, go for that. I love that for you. Is is he... Does he notice me? I have a pretty decent passive oh, fuck insight. yeah. He, okay, well, I mean, it's, it's either I get my hit on him now, or uh, fucking he gets his hit on me soon, so fuck it. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> the, he, he there. The, the only guy who didn't get healing. Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking... Let's fucking rock and roll, you know? So I'm sure 26 hits him. Uh, 26 does hit Krieg Van Vergat. Not only yeah. that, but you feel your bl you're attacking with your sword? Yeah, the, the conceit. I'm actually doing it two-handed, because, like, why not? You feel conceit bite solidly into his exposed shoulder, because his armor's fucked up. Oh, yeah. For the first time, you see Krieg Van Vergat react with pain. Uh, so 15 for just the regular damage. Then I get 2d8 psychic, right? So, 15 plus 8, so 23 damage. Is that the end of Grim's turn? Yeah. We are at initiative 15. Yay! That is you, Bob. As Bob, I go, hmm, I can't use that spell in this sort of weather. Bob, roll a strength check. You are immediately picked up by the storm if you don't succeed. Uh, well, I was going to change into a dragon, so that works. Oh, All right. You just get picked up by the storm while you cast your spell then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck. So as as I get, God damn it. it's like you, you see me walk forward and just kind of with a light step, kind of just do a popping hop, and I get swept up in the storm. And as I r r race around the the edge of the central pillar, uh, all of a sudden uh, I grow into an adult bronze dragon. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn you see, you see Aegis and like the other mages, Evan took off and they're, they all got bad initiatives. They turn and go, Bob, are you coming? And they go, fuck. <laughs> so, okay, here's one of the things. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume all the practitioners are within 120 feet as I run this circle. Yeah. And they're aware of my ass. Oh yeah, everyone's aware. Very aware of Okay. You. Well, everybody who I don't like, uh, they need to make a DC 17 wisdom save. <laughs> Hold on. It's gonna take a moment. Play girl for me, Panema, please. You got it. <laughs> uh, DC what? Uh, 17 wisdom. All right. We're gonna go. I'm just gonna color code these based on what I feel like they are. That's gonna be <laughs> Krieg. Cause I feel like Krieg don't give a shit about dragons. That's a real good one. That's gonna be talking about Opal. Talking about Opal is not doing great on his saves. He looks afraid of dragons. Uh, so he's not gonna fucking fuck with you. The Planetar also gives no shits. Big angel, uh, big dragon. He looks at you like- I do not wish to fight it, but I probably will have to. Uh, and then every fucking thing else looks up at the big ass dragon and goes, oh shit. <laughs> By the light of Newman, they have a dragon. Again. <laughs> One of the, like, there's like three or four of them who just throw their shit on the ground for a second and go, I already did this. I don't want to do this again. So of the congregation, I, I swirl towards the center and I go, Be gone. And in a 30 foot, foot cone off of my nose, I basically just kind of <laughs> hock a loogie at them. Oh, God. Um, and it repels them. They uh, give me a 
decent grouping of people in a 30 foot cone in a 30 and they foot need cone? to make a yeah and they need to make a dc 19 strength saving throw uh so yeah uh where you're at people have scattered uh there's tight groupings everywhere if you just want to clear a field uh if you want to hit the most powerful people because that seems like something you know that players do uh the only problem with that is chances are in order to get like the planetor and krieg and talak talval opal in it you're gonna hit grim you can take a look at this yeah um I'm, I'm basically going to clear a lot of the peons. I'm going to ask this, though. You just said mm. that you did a lot. Is turning into a dragon not a turn? Is that not an action? Because I feel like you are doing a lot. I think you can uh, move, but I don't know about breathing loogies. The fear is fine. Okay. Well, you, you, know, you know what? I'll use my uh, new ability here. Oh, fuck. Uh, just, just a second. And, and bear, and bear in mind that you points. are a dragon, but you have no access to legendary abilities. That's the way transmutation works. Oh yeah, no, I got that. Okay. Sorcery points? Now everybody's got them. Oh man, just <laughs> yes. fuck everybody who's stepping on your dick, dude. That's rude as shit. And uh, I'll do a quicken spell, so it's just a bonus <laughs> to get into the dragon form. And then the fear is just an effect the dragon has, and then the lugi is the actual thing I do. Wow. But you already cast a spell on your turn. That's but my it's point. Bonus but it's a bonus action. Is it a bonus action, action no, no. to transform? He, it is if he, he uses quicken spell. He uses quicken spell, yes. Oh yep. my god, okay. Fuck you, bop. Alright, uh, <laughs> where do you cast that spell? Uh, you're currently here. Um, you do have a move, so you can kind of position yourself. Roy and Grim are sort of in the door. way, uh, depending on where you go. As you as you take off from the fucking puddle. Oh, kind of over by the minecart. The minecart, okay. So you're hovering right above Roy. Yeah. Okay, you can... Because you're hovering right above Roy, you can miss. Where are you going to aim it? Uh, oh, basically over the head of Roy and to those more or less like five. Okay, I'll, I'll just say you can hit him. Like, you can just skip uh, Grim. It's a 60-foot cone? Yes. You can hit every fucking cone. I'll make, uh, every, I'll make like, sure. Uh, that's, got, that's, hit, that's like most of them. Roll your damage. No, 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 30-foot 30, 30, 30 cone. 30-foot cone. 30 Planetar, cone. Planetar is not in that. Yeah. Well, it's, only, it's a DC 19 saving strength throw anyway, so I doubt the planter will in any case. A DC 17? It's a strength check? 19. 19 strength check. What One nine. What are you... Oh, you're doing your gas. It's oh. Technically, it's a gas attack, yes. It's the uh, um, repulsion breath. Okay. Uh, it's a 19 strength. Okay. If they fail it, they are pushed 60 feet away. Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It's pushing um, a lot of people in the water right now. <laughs> Okay, once again, Creed, big strong boy. Uh, Talak Valopal cannot succeed his strength checks because he's not awake yet. Oh, and he's yeah. prone. So Talak Valopal is getting thrown across the map. Goes into a, a tumble. <laughs> the Planetar plants his foot on him as he tumbles past him, so he doesn't get pushed too far. <laughs> you, you, you get your, your like passive insight. Everybody can, can kind of guess the Planetar is not in to him. <laughs> like, doesn't, doesn't care for him much. Uh, the, I guess I technically have to say them. Yeah, uh, and all these guys, so just push 60 feet, huh? Yeah. All right, that guy's off the cliff. That guy's off the cliff. I might need to upload a new picture, Jay. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. I'm just throwing, I've I'm, I'm got a lot to do. I'm going to go ahead and give them, there's four of them who just go full on, full, four of these cultists who just throw off the, the lip, and I'm going to go ahead and give them a chance to grab the lip of the thing. Two of them go off, two of them grab onto the ledge, and they're hanging there. The fists of Newman, the paladins, good strong boys, they hold their ground, uh, you know, but the cultists, gone, thrown away, like candles, and, like paper in the wind, my dude. That's the end of Bob's turn. I'm going to go ahead and upload a new map. <laughs> Daedalus? It's Daedalus. Okay. <laughs>
Daedalus' turn. Like I said, play, it just says player character in their level. I, there's no way for me to like monitor them all, and now that I know. So it go, Daedalus' turn, so I'm just gonna go and I'll update the map after he goes. Yes. Daedalus where, is gonna chase is after. Yeah, Daedalus is gonna roll his strength check. He, he, he He's heavy boy in his full plate, grabs hold of something, chases after Evan. Uh, he's, you know, plate guy. It's gonna take him a while to get into the fray. We're gonna put him over here. He runs around and chases after Evan to like walk up the uh, the cavern bridge that's in front of them. Hey, you gave me Daedalus. I did, uh, but like straight up, what do you want him to do? Because like he's a melee guy and he's got to get there. Uh, I want him to fucking take on Krieg Van Brugge. He will as soon as he gets there. He's running as fast as he can, my friend. Cool. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just taking that action because honestly, there's nothing else he can do. Not yet. Next round, maybe. Uh, shit. Give me a second, guys. Uh, you know that line? It's one of my favorite lines from Griffin. I'm feeling it from Taz. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, have, I have to split my LR in yep. so many pieces right now. <laughs> yes, you do. It is. It's Krieg's turn. Krieg and the Planetar are going to go. Grim, Krieg is not I'm happy that you did him. You yeah. are a little bit in danger. Uh, Krieg is going to cast Staggering Smite. It's a bonus action, and then he's going to swing at you with his Warhammer three times. Oh, shit. What's your armor class, Grim? Fucking low. Fucking low? What is it? Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, that's going to be only two hits. The first one, though, Staggering Smite. Grim, I need you to roll me a Wisdom Save. DC, sorry, DC 15. Okie dokie. Well, I nat 20'd it, so. Fuck yeah. Well, yeah, man, that's great. Alright, uh, it's still gonna be Staggering Smite if you save. Next time you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack during the spell's duration, your weapon pierces both body and mind, and the attack deals an extra 4d6 psychic damage to the target. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it has a disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks and can't take reaction until the end of its next turn. You are not subjected to that, just the damage. The damage is going to be 34 from the smite. Shit. And then his follow-up okay. attack does another. Fucking rude. 11. So 45? Yes. Okay. I took it. It hurt. Uh, Krieg also is going to just sort of move around the pillar as he, like, this attack is coming at you, and he just is sort of pushing himself closer to you. Uh, he's going to put himself between you and the mantle. That makes it. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now it's the angel's turn. The angel fucking also looks at you and it says, Being a fairy, it is not too late to retreat. And it flies up into the air and hovers above Creek. Well, I think you're really misunderstanding the situation I'm in right now. No, I do not. Good luck in your endeavor. And then he attacks you. Yes, this thing that you're about to do, it's what limits me from leaving. I have no choice. He can... He just, he's just gonna bring that that angelic weapon. Multi-attack. He makes two melee attacks against you, Grim. I don't think he can miss. That's gonna do... Fuck me. 43 damage. Half of it is radiant. Hey, bud. You could've done way less than that and still taken me down. I didn't get any healing. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Roy? That, Jay. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Jay. That's yeah. fine. Okay, that's good. Uh, but you're down. You you just took on Krieg and the Planetar, and that's rough. Uh, you Roy from you you glance through the bodies of the priests of Newman that are attacking you. You see 
Grimm get just annihilated by these to be fair. two powerful beings. I did not start anything with uh, Planetar. I didn't even look at him fucking. Didn't want to. <laughs> didn't. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's got one job. Let's go ahead and upload the map again. Yes, please. Upload that map. Shits get wild. Guys, uh, that's going to make it three goofy, sort of problematic mages turns. As, as, as Grim goes down, as, as, as shitty as that is, uh, everything near that planetar's face and body lights up. Let's, 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 uh, do these spells by level, shall we? Uh, we're gonna go with, uh, what's the highest level education that Comet can throw? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I like Destiny spellcasters. Next campaign, you're not gonna you, have any spellcasters. You fucking did this. No spellcasters will be on your side next They could have stayed outside. Too, it, you did this. It's absolutely too fucking much. I'm, uh, I'm shook that you let them stay with us at this point. Yeah. Uh, I thought they were gonna peel off again. No, man. This is it. I'm not gonna be that- I'm not- I can't be a dick for that long. Yeah, and then Bob turned into a dragon. Yeah, a- a very large hand appears and just grabs the planetar around his wings and tries to drag him to the ground. Oh my god. That's grasping hand. Gotta beat a strength save. It, it, it tries to slam him to the ground. It does barely, but he does break free of the hand. Uh, he is dragged further away from Grim. Uh, next to uh, Grim is immediately placed inside a sphere. Th- as it appears, an Aegis Stratus saves Grim from any further damage coming at him. And Fowl comes around the corner and immediately turns all the wizards and Evan invisible. So as the priests turn to see what the fuck happened, they don't see shit. Love it. Almost hit that. Uh, that's gonna be shit. Talak Opal wakes. He's been tumbled through the air. He's fucking awake again. Uh, you see that he he re- he looks up and his head is like had a, is bleeding and he look and he touches it and he kind of gets this weird smile and then he continues screaming a chant. It starts being common now and he's yelling, "Bring forth the dawn! Bring forth the dawn!" The light in the tunnel, the light in the portal gets brighter and you see the hand that has been placed upon it starts to push against this barrier and it looks like as the shadow grows, you see that whatever's on the other side. It doesn't look like it wants to come through. It's fucked up, but it's gonna. Roy, it's your turn. Uh, you got a dragon above you. Uh, you got a few paladins moving on you. Uh, there's more converging on you and Bop as you speak, as we speak. Uh, but three are directly in your face, and you have your back to a pile of crates. Uh, I threw that map up. You are underneath Bop. You probably can't see yourself very well. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna bath behind Grim, and I am okay. going to cast. Uh, negative energy flood. The fuck does that do? Have you cast this before? I have not. I have been saving this for specifically our gentleman skeleton over there. Uh, you send ribbons of negative energy at one creature you can see within range. It must make a constitution saving throw, taking 5d12 necrotic damage on a failed save. Or, if you target an undead with this spell, the target doesn't make a saving throw. Instead, roll 5d12 and the target gains half the total as temporary hit points. What was that save again, and how big's the area? Is uh, He doesn't have to save, and it's uh, I'm 60... talking about all the other motherfuckers who are in it. Ah, that is a 60-foot range. Okay. Uh, sadly, Bop threw a lot of cultists away, uh, but that is going to get all the big bads uh, and yeah. Grim. And this one poor dude who's south of you and next, like, and yeah. Are you directly next yep. to Grim when you cast this? Are you putting yourself between him and this, this fist? 
I was originally going to, but now that you've said it this way. Where do you want to be? <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, right behind that, or I guess it, it would be right in front of that paladin. And I am going to cast this fucking spell. Right there. Okay. All right. You teleport uh, away from the people who are attacking you and in between two other paladins closer to Grim and cast this spell. What does this look like? So this is going, it's just, I put both hands forward and just this weird green energy just flows out of them. And it kind of slithers its way over to Grim and through anyone in its path. And that is a uh, 18 con save. Grim doesn't need to make a save. All right, uh, roll the dice while I roll some saves. How much do you heal me for, brother? This is exciting. Let me get these D12s, my man. <laughs> what, what was the save again? Sorry. 18 con. 18 con. Oh, man, that's that's trash. That's, that's garbage. That's a lot of garbage. Holy shit, okay. Hold on. These are so much filth. Decent fucking rolls here. <laughs> oh, yeah, all 12s, baby, all 12s. This is necrotic damage? Yeah. Okay. Please tell me that the planetar is like the opposite of resistant. <laughs> they don't hand out vulnerability. That's 45 damage. Grim, take half of that in health. 45 damage. Uh, this dude, this dude gone. So you, you, you also managed to catch one of the fists of Newman who just rots. He just sort of <laughs> start, like, like, he just like melts. fucking last. Yeah, last crusade status. He he chose poorly. He disappears. He turns. He goes through his whole life cycle and dies because he doesn't have that many hit points. Held to the Yeezy. Grim, who is a pile right, of bones, right, pulls himself hey, up. Hey, 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 you, hey, hey, you black out for a moment. Hey, 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 hey! A target was killed by this damage. Rises up as a zombie at the start of your next turn. Oh, fuck! <laughs> and pursues whatever creature it can see that is closest to it. Let me change the color of this so I recognize who he is. <laughs> what the fuck is this uh, shit? All right, he's going to be this lovely pink one now, this, like, salmon color, I guess. Yeah, you're going to have to and re-upload that. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, on his turn, he will attack people. He's a zombie. zombie. Yeah. Roy, just pull up zombie stats, and you deal with that shit. That's I your got problem you. now. Yeah, for sure. Zombie. Uh, yeah. Word. What was the range on that again? 30? 60. 60. A 60-foot cube? Nah, that's just range. I think it's just a line. Ribbons of negative energy at one creature you can see within range. Oh, at one creature. It hits other people. I don't care. I already fucked it up. I'm not walking back. Congratulations. <laughs> I gave you more than you wanted. Yay. I thought that sounded dope I'll as hell. I'll take it. Uh, you take it. You you do it. If you were only healing Grim, you would have only healed Grim, but that's not fun. And I need things to move forward. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to kill people and get them out of my hair. Uh, <laughs> Hey, bro, I can't tell you how badly I want to do that, but you hit me with a fucking Krieg and an angel. I was cool you, with just the Krieg. You, you, you got real brave. Uh, <laughs> you did. I needed you my fucking hat. Real brave. There. I needed my yeah, fucking no. hat. I didn't have yeah, any I know hats. you need your hat. That uh, angel alone is a CR-16. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, end of my turn, I guess. <laughs> uh, the four... Sorry, five cultists remaining who can try to hit Bop with with whatever they got. Let me see. Uh, there's Dragon. They're they're afraid. Uh, they're gonna go ahead and roll with disadvantage or whatever. But they are gonna do. They're all gonna cast. <laughs> oh um, wait, at, at who? 
Bob. At Bob. They're, okay. they're, they're attacking me. The they're all going to cast Sacred Flame again. <laughs> they all cast Spiritual <laughs> Weapon. And oh, send it at shit. <laughs> uh, just five spectral uh, sunbursts like appear in front of them and float toward you and they all like try to hit you with like a wave of light um so that's gonna be a lot of rolls with disadvantage give me one second damn dude 220s you fucking hate dragons holy shit (laughs) you you hate dragons (laughs) Uh, those uh those guys don't hate dragons enough that guy doesn't hate dragons enough that guy does hate dragons enough (laughs) Um, so that's gonna be, uh, uh I don't want to do math, dude. Take, take fucking twenty damage. Take twenty <laughs> radiant damage. Why would you play D and D if you didn't want to do math, bro? Go fuck yourself. You, you, you run this many people <laughs> in a combat. Evan, Evan shows up. It's great. Uh, what does Evan do? Evan can be in the in the in the fray. He he can move very quickly now. Where where do you want Evan to go? Uh, Evan is going to uh cast entanglement on a 20-foot square. He's just going to pick one and just fucking send it. Okay. Uh, everybody on this side of the map that's uh, at the bottom here, what's the save? The sa- His save is a 15 strength. Okay. You see two of these uh, Fists of Newman immediately get bound up in roots and vines that sprout out of the ground and grab them in thorns. He yanked to the ground. These two managed to sort of get away and not get entangled by that. So he got two out of the four. Uh, where does Evan move? Evan moves uh, in to support uh, fucking Roy and all them, I guess. he's just, He doesn't have to worry about everybody with their right. with his other spell anymore. They're all invisible, so they're good. Evan, Evan Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon jumps from this little pillar to this minecart ramp, and then he jumps to the wood and he bamps right next to Roy. Uh, that's his turn. That's gonna use up all of his movement. To get that far, yeah. But he here. Uh, it's now all of the fists turn. Uh, how many fists do I have underneath uh, Bob? Uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's fucking there's five of them. They're all gonna do what they can to Bob. What can they do to Bob? I'm assuming Bob would float like ten feet up. Uh, yeah, I could leap back in the sky. There, there's not. Well, no, I did blow the roof off the sucker. I was gonna say there's not too much room to fly up. Um. But you can, you can be a little high. Let's see if they can still get you with something. Uh, a couple of them pull out. They, they, the, the, these, the guys directly near you all pull out heavy crossbows, and they shoot at Bob. Ace, what's, AC-19, what's yeah. Fucking A. 19? All right. A couple of them did roll good. So three of them hit you. That's going to be right. a total of 17 piercing damage. Uh, the one next to Roy attacks him. Roy. You get hit once. You take 10 radiant damage. You have a zombie who rolls on this initiative. Okay. <laughs> oh. What do you want him to do? Um, I need to know where he is on the map. <laughs> he is next to you. He, he has risen directly in front of you. Uh, and then He there... was between you and Grim. Then he got caught in that spell, and he is a zombie now. And then there's and a guy that lost. hit me? Yeah, there's a guy north to your north. He's directly above you. Okay. Uh, as... Uh, as, as guy hits me, uh, I am going to Misty Escape. Alright, where do you go? To the mantle. Alright, you land right here on the altar, next to the mantle. Yes, I do, and That's I'm also- your, That was your reaction. Yeah, I know, and I'm also invisible. Ooh, 
That's not your turn, though. I asked you what the zombie does. Yep. Kudos uh, on that move. Yeah, I had to move because otherwise the zombie would have attacked me instead. Now he attacks the paladin. Does he just attack anybody? Yeah, he's, he's not completely control. mindless. Anybody. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> uh, I don't, dude, he's your problem. You pull up zombies. Yeah, stats. I already did it. I've got him right here. Okay, do it. Uh, what are you going to name him? <laughs> you have a new pet. Why do you oh. collect dead things? I don't, I don't know. It's fun. Leave me alone. <laughs> you telling me you don't? Oh my god. Not, not this many. I wouldn't call it a collection. Roy has a chief collection status. Okay, well I'm gonna walk up to uh, said paladin and I'm going to make a slam attack. Okay. It's a nat 20. <laughs> Shit. Alright, how much damage? Uh, that is a 1d6 plus 1 bludgeoning. Okay, uh, so it, it, not a, that's double that, so do it. 14. Okay. Yes, I did indeed. Takes 14 Roll a six. damage and he gets, he gets driven down by this. He gets knocked prone because it's funny. And that's going to be Grim's turn. Grim, you snap Helps away easy. as you were hit with this negative energy flood. And you are prone. You are laying in front of the planetar and Krieg. The planetar has been driven to the earth by a giant magical hand that Comet cast. And Krieg is still staring down at you with venom in his eyes. But he turns around and sees Roy... Who no, he, he doesn't. remembers. Oh, you're invisible. Never mind. He looks at you with venom in his eyes. Fantastic. I love that. I'd fucking bathe in the venom that's in his eyes. Because now that I'm on the ground, I'm even closer to my fucking hat. You are no closer to your hat, but the hat is on the other side of the altar. You said it was right in front of the altar. Yeah, on the other end. <laughs> so I have to go around him to get to my stupid hat? No, you fucking don't. You can teleport. Don't be a bitch. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, yes, I do have to go around him, but I can do it in a teleporty way. You can, yeah. So, Craig, Craig looks down and he says, When will you know when to quit? Well, I imagine when you're dead. And then I teleport behind him and grab my fucking hat and pull the Heart of Griffin port out of it. Oh, fuck. Do you use it? Fuck yeah, I use it. I use the fuck out of it. And, technically, the wording is... Hey, it's wi- it's wild that they went into the hat and didn't see that there. They don't know what it is. Uh, they, they, so so the, the way uh, bags of holding work is you can reach in and pull the thing that you want out if you know it's there. Ah. Unless you just turn it out and say, dump everything, it, everything else just stays. They knew they wanted the mantle. They pulled the mantle out. They didn't think to look. For sure. You pull out the Heart of Griffin port, and you get all your spell slots back. Yeah, I get the effect of a full rest, a full long you rest. Do. And... Also, what's great about the wording of the spell that he used is I still have 23 the, temporary hit points, motherfucker. This glowing, so. this glowing red gem that shines with its own weird light immediately dims as you feel this power rush through you just in time. So, Grim, that was your bonus action yep. standard to pull an item out and use it. Yeah. What do you want to do with your move? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take my movement to break some space and preferably break space in a direction that'll put me in a good place that, you know, people might fit in, I don't know, like a 60-foot cone. Uh, is it more important to hit people or be safe? Mm, slightly more important to be safe. Actually, no, I'm right. fucking peeled all the way up. Hit people. Got it. I got, I got you, bud. All right. So you move just straight past a couple of cultists and plant yourself in between them. It puts a cultist directly in line with anything you do, aiming at Talvahal Opal, Krieg, the Planetar, and Roy, but you don't know Roy's there. Yeah, I have no idea Roy's there. Actually, fuck but yeah, you do. You have true sight. Oh, I have true sight. Yeah, I forgot. You I have see true sight. Roy. 
<laughs> I do see Roy. <laughs> you 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 run past Roy and you clock him, but you like realize that nobody else does, and you try to draw attention to it as you as you move away. Yeah. Roy, you Luckily see that Grim can see you, and that's weird. It is weird, but slightly bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Um, that's the end of Grim's turn. Yeah, that's it. That's all I can do. After the movement, I'm tapped until next turn. That's Mullion. What? Grim, as you move to the edge of the of the cavern, you see a group appear up on the dais. And it's Mullion, and it's Granlin, and a handful of other sisters of Vespra. They immediately take root up on top of that upper cliffside spot that you guys originally entered this room from a long time ago. They used the other tunnels. They've somehow found a way down here. It must have taken time, but they do it. Mullion, Granlin, and Darius, who is moving gingerly, kind of hopping in a weird floating pattern, but still, like, he, 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 he seems like he's sort of bouncing across the ground more than walking as he shakes a fairy bottle and gives Grim a wink. I 100% wink back. <laughs> oh, dearies. It looks like we made it just in time. I was worried you wouldn't leave any for us. Oh, good. I thought you were going to miss the party. As you say that, Mullion, fucking barbarian, jump leaps straight across this cat, this this crevice. Gives no shit. Rolls up next to you, and these two cultists that are standing near you, behind you, they die. <laughs> Mullion is a level 14 barbarian rogue. He's an assassin path raging. They die. I'm not going to roll stats. I don't have time for that. These dudes can't handle this. They're gone. He stabs one in the throat and throws one off the side of the cliff, bodily. Fuck yeah. Good to see you, Mullion. It's good to see you too, Grim. Let's do this. Um, that doesn't look good. He points to the portal where the whatever creature, its face is pressed against it, and it looks like it's silently screaming against this, like, saran wrap portal. And you see everything in front of that portal. It looks like the air is... Like, like heat ripples when you look across distance and it's really hot out. It looks like the fabric of reality is wavering. It's very strange. Uh, and you can feel a pressing energy coming into this area. And it, it, it doesn't feel good. And Grim, you are very sensitive to this at this moment because you are kind of living in two worlds fully. Yeah. And you can feel that more are being pressed upon you. Oh, you're right. That's not good. Also, there's a fucking angel. I, I, you know what, I saw that, I didn't really want to comment, I thought maybe I had gone nuts, um, I was hoping I'd gone nuts, this is not good that you told me this. Kriegman Burgot, uh, he turns, and he starts just fucking walking toward you again, Grim, he's a man on a mission, he doesn't know Roy's around. Keep in mind, I actually move 40 feet. Okay, he's gonna have to do a full second move to get to you, do I want him to do that. What I will do is I, he will stop shy five feet away from being able to hit you, and he's going to go ahead and use his uh, ray of light that he can fire from his hammer. So that's going to be one of those is a nat 20, the other's a miss, one hits. You're going to take a total of one's a crit, 22 radiant damage. Ouchie! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Bopadopolis the mighty Scourge of priests. <laughs> it is your turn. All right, Jake. Yes, Bob. All right. So, I, I take it there's more or less three Numenites. Yeah, right you, yeah actually you have five directly beneath you and three other uh, fists that are kind of spread out. Uh, there's one cultist who's sort of hanging out. Two of the, uh, the cult, one, 
Two of the fists are trapped in a tangle of vines by Evan. Uh, most of the, like, half the cultists are kind of are, are trying to not fall off the ledge over here. Because uh, there's not a lot of them left. The cultists are weak and they've been thrown out into the storm. Alright, so this is what I want to do, Jay. I've, yes. I've got a multi-attack here. I have t a bite and two claws. Okay. Um, so, what I want to do is pick them up, or the ones that I'm hitting with my claws, I want to pick them up and then chuck them at the cultist barely hanging onto the edge. <laughs> and okay. have them both fall over the edge. It's fucking uh, uh, roll. Uh, I am going to say that, like, I know you have a lot of actions, so grabbing something and then hucking it are two separate actions. So, you, you know, one, two, probably. I don't know how many you get. I, I get three. Okay. So I, I, I grab one, pick, pick him up. Roll that. Uh, he's going to make a contested roll to not get grappled. He rolled right. a So I roll 15. 14 plus 7. He's grappled. Okay. I chuck him at one of the Noomanites at the edge. Okay, roll that uh, as a, a just a strength-based attack. Like, I guess probably just use the same stat that you would for, like, claw. Okay. Uh, do you want me to roll, like, damage for it or, or what? No, no. If you hit them, they're both going off the ledge. Oh, the, they're going off the ledge. Uh, yeah. 17 plus 7. Yeah, yeah. They, they both go... You, you nail one, and they both go tumbling off the edge. Uh, you have one more attack, or... With the last one, I decide one, it looks extra crunchy, and I chew on it a bit. Okay. <laughs> roll that. <laughs> Bob has a, has a disturbing cannibalism streak. <laughs> Uh, let's see, 19... It's the second or third time, so it's a streak now. Uh, 31. You you chew him. How much damage is that? <laughs> Not a bunch. 24. No, it's... Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's half dead. Yeah, he's still nom, squirming nom, in your nom. mouth, not doing great. Um, so yeah, Jay, I'll, I'll pick up one of the one of the Numenites. Yeah. Grasp him, chuck him across the room, knock one of the other cultists, both him, I hope they can swim. More Wilhelm screams. Uh, I mean, the, the way things are going, they might not hit the water. They might just get caught up in the storm and get buffeted to death by angry, confused fairy beings. Uh, in fact, you this, see this the, the, awesome. the, the paladin, who's heavy, kind of falls. But the priest in his flowy robes gets caught up in the wind, and you watch a bunch of pixies tear his flesh off. Pixies after my own heart at this moment. Fucking metal as fuck. The, 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 the last one I just latch my jaws onto and bite down. Yeah, you bite down. And it, just it, you feel that his armor saves his life, but you you, you taste blood. Um, Salty. Bob, do you move? Because I think that's all you got. Uh, all right, then then uh, I'll, I'll bull rush. Uh, okay, then I'll uh, then I'll move through the layer of casks and just kind of scatter them over the priest and three Numenites at the south. south okay. This little uh, I'm going to go ahead and just roll some, like, Everybody on the south side of Bop is going to roll saves to see if they catch on to the edge. Two of them don't. Two of them do. Uh, these guys are going to get knocked to the side, and Bop is now hovering directly in front of the portal, let's say, like over the pews. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I pushed through the barrel, so... Yeah. I'm... Oh, so so in, in the pews, just knocked all the pews around? Yeah, basically the barrels. I, I smashed through the barrels and... Yeah, I'm asking uh, where you stop. Or, or... Oh, uh, basically at the edge, looking at them, clinging to life. Okay, I'll put you right down here. I, like I said, I'm, I think I'm going to put you right here on top of the pews, kind of front and center. That, that giant, scary, terrifying dwarf bop that I picked. Um, <laughs> fucking dragons. God damn it, bop. Level 16 transmuters. Fuck that. Yes. Daedalus. Daedalus, uh, bop, as you turn and stare at everybody... You feel the pitter-patter of very heavy-booted feet running up at your curved tail, and Daedalus runs the, along the back of the dragon and jumps down and lands next to 
the altar and Roy. And he looks around and he looks over and the only one he can see is Evan to his right. He's literally right in front of you, Roy. You can kiss him, but he doesn't see you. Okay. Um, and, and like you just see him, he's talking to himself, like in the middle of all this. He, he's just talking to himself. You know that he's not talking to anybody, but Roy, you're the only one who can hear him. He's just like, okay. So I can either attack the high priest of my church, I can attack Kriegman Burgot, the man who trained me and scares the living shit out of me, or I can attack a literal manifestation and embodiment of my holy savior, Newman. I love my life. I'm going to lean forward and whisper to him and say, how about you don't let the god come in through the portal and you attack the man summoning him? <sighs> yeah. Roy? Yeah? I'm going to need you to wipe my ass later, because you just made me crap myself. If, if we make it through this, I'll figure something out. Okay. Uh, Daedalus picks up a goblet next to your head and just hucks it at fucking Val Opal, because it's all he's got. He's just out of range. He's just trying to sort of break the dude's concentration. He rolls a nat 20! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Val Opal gets knocked down by a goblet. By a golden goblet. (laughs) Fucking go Daedalus! Uh, Holy shit. Scared, yet brave. Hey, is this a a finale? This is a finale, my friends. Talibel Obelus knocked down, and you see sort of the energy that he's chanting gets uh, halted once again, briefly. <laughs> it's Granlin's turn. Hell yeah. Fuck him up, Granny. I had, uh, I had Paladin spells up. Where does it go? You were like, hey, take control of these characters for me, and then brought, like, <laughs> six more. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, that's why I did this, okay? <laughs> um, Granlin, not a quick mover. Big, giant dressed in the salmon, heavy plate of her order, moves closer to the ledge and casts Summon Celestial. Oh, shit. Behind her, you see wings look like they grow from her back, and fading in stands a beautiful, angelic being, female, nearly as tall as Granlin, picks Granlin gently up by her armpits and floats her down near Grim. And once that happens, she breaks off and heads toward the planet. <sighs> Granlin, you may not want to run that... No, Granlin does not. The plant, the angel, she, the celestial spirit she just summoned does. Okay. Granlin lands next to you, and uh, celestial spirit moves away from you, Grim. Hello, Grim. Hello, Granlin. What a pleasure it is, as always, to see you. He, he does a little. He tips. He doffs his hat. The final doff. You can do that again. She then reaches out with your hat. Once your hat comes off and says, I apologize for the impropriety, grabs you by your dome, which is now free, and sets you gently behind her, and fucking gazes <laughs> at Creek, oh. who's been marching toward you. I, uh, I, I kind of, from behind her, go, hey, do you really, is, is that angel an important thing to you? The one I brought? Yes. She'd forgive you if you had to do something. Ah, well, you're almost getting me to convert. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous, but I appreciate it. <laughs> You've done... You, you you could do dumber things. I have. I've never seen a fairy who became a priest. would love to see it. Well... Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to teach this paladin a lesson. Go right ahead. I might ask you to duck at some point. Would it help? He shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Grylin's turn. Um, and, and, and no more conversation. Who's not? Who's up? Who's up? It's the fucking angel. The angel moves to engage with the new angel. So the planetar moves to engage the celestial being that, that it, it's, it's, it's god angel versus god angel. Uh, he moves forward and it's, they, it, it's you know, Clash of the Titans shit. Stellarese versus Stellarese. 
Oh shit, that's, that's a nat 20 and a 16, so that's gonna hit. She cast the highest level, it's gonna have 70 hit points. Planetar does 25 plus. Oh shit, no. <laughs> okay, uh, so they're both uh, resistant to each other's radiant attacks. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, so Fantastic. she's only gonna take the 22, 10, 30 damage from the Planetar. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put her initiative with his, uh, and let her go ahead and go, if you don't mind. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Yeah, so, yeah. she's gonna do multi-attacks, attacks equal fight. to half the spell's level rounded down, cast at seven, that's three. So she gets to attack more times than he does. Damn. And she rolled a nat 20 as well. Fucking A. Uh, shit. Woo, get it, girl. Radiant makes ten. Gonna deal. Uh, she does 30 damage right back at him, and Granlin gains 1d10 temporary hit points. Hey, that's with the first attack. The second attack is gonna go ahead and give Grim 1d10 temporary hit. You already have temporary hit points, right? Yeah, I only have one left, but yes. Gonna give you 10 temporary hit points, yeah. both you and Granlin. Hell yeah. That's a cool ability. It's called Radiant Mace. That's right, it's fine. Yeah, all right, so that, those the, those two clash every time they strike each other, a blinding light hits everybody, and it, it's hard to watch their fight. All right, Magus, Foul, Aegis, and, uh, and Comet, Invisible, you see them kind of pop back into being uh, just, ne just behind Bop, away from where everybody else is, and they are going to fucking light up Talval Opal and, oh, Bigby's hand. Bigby's hand chases after the planetar and tries to drag it back. What can I do? Bigby's hand is still going. It's gonna do that grasping hand again. Rolling strike save. Still does real good. You see it tries to grab him, he shakes it off again. He's very strong. Goddamn. Uh, you see, but, it, but that's just his concentration spell and Comet gets to go again. So he's gonna go ahead and throw up a... You see a bead of flame shoots out and it hovers in between Val Opal and Krieg and the Planetar, and it stops just for a second, and you watch as the, as the angel that's, that Granlin summoned floats just out of range, and then he snaps his fingers and it explodes and hits everyone but her in that area. But uh, Roy, they don't know you're there. That's you okay. are in that. I'm okay. I'll take it. Yeah. So roll me a dexterity save. It's, uh, we're going to say 15. Dude, I rolled a 15. <laughs> Plus 11. They all rolled dope. Nobody rolled under a 15, Fuck. naturally. Um, but we're taking so, at least half, I imagine. Yeah, you're all going to take half damage. Shit, that is a lot of damage. 48 fire damage. That's half? That is the full amount. Mm -hmm. So half that if you say. So 24. Uh, they all jump out of the way. Uh, because I am going to be encouraging this in the next campaign and this one. If you have to j dive away from a fireball, you don't get to stay here. The Planetar sort of flutters back a little bit. Talagval Opal gets blasted to the side, kind of dies behind the portal, and Krieg just gets washed over the back of his, his armor as he kind of hunkers away uh, in front of Granlin. Uh, Roy? Hi. You dive behind the altar. Oh shit, Daedalus is there as well. I forgot Daedalus was right there. Uh, Daedalus takes a shit ton of damage. <laughs> Poor Daedalus. He was, like, he was doing so good. That's just his luck, man. That's uh, he he does have a resistance to fire. Great. Uh, could you do his damage for me and tell me where he's at? Val Opal, Valactal Opal. 
God, I can't even get my own character's names right. He hasn't mattered in so long. Doesn't he now. He keeps fucking chanting. And after being hit with all these spells, Grim, you have true sight. Something happens. Uh, he sort of gets wreathed in shadow, and he doesn't look like himself. It's weird. This character that you've seen from afar maybe a handful of times, your guess is that they're, that this guy isn't what he said he is? A lot going on, but like because of your true sight, you see this sort of facade go away. And it's wild <laughs> that you didn't notice it the moment he came into range of your true sight. Odd. Yes. But he just keeps up his chant. He does take a step backwards toward the edge, uh, toward this pillar here. He pushes back to this pillar and kind of gets away from everybody to continue his chanting. It's top of the round, Roy. Uh, so everything has been sort of scattered. Most of the, the priests have been thrown from the cliff. There's only a handful left. Uh, Granlin and Grimm are back to back, Mullion nearby. Krieg stands in front of Granlin along with another priest that happens to still be there, and they're squared off. The mages have popped up to the left of a dragon bop who is sitting where the pews once were, crushed under his bulk or scattered to the wind. All the boxes are everywhere. Uh, Evan is in front of Grim, uh, facing off next to a zombie and a bunch of other fists. (laughs) And directly in front of you, Roy, is the portal. You have your back to an altar because you dive behind it to escape a fireball. Daedalus is on the other side, patting the flames out, and directly above you on the altar that you were standing on a moment ago is the Mantle of Spring. Hey, bud. Planet, a planetar is on the ground, striking upward at another beautiful angel that is fighting him ten feet to your right. Uh, I pop back into existence. Well, not into existence, but I'm no longer invisible now. Okay. Uh, I grab said mantle, and I would like to misty step onto our good friend Bob. Okay, Bob. All right. All right, you, you are once again riding Bob. You know, it feels good. Cue the fucking metal music. It feels good. Can we find more metal-y music? I'll see what I can do. Um, hey, guys, I don't know what the fuck to do now. (laughs) I've got the thing. I obviously can't, like, put it on or anything, because that's not, like, the goal of this encounter. But, like, I have it. Avil says, if you do it, it might unravel the fabric of time. But if that thing comes through, there's nothing that can be done anyway. If you do it, we might have a moment. You will have godlike power for seconds before it all comes undone. No, I'm going to, uh... Whatever it is, throw it at that priest man. <sighs> I mean... You, you have the mantle. Yes. It's like, you, you hold this in your hand and you feel this powerful energy. It's warm. Uh, and, but you also feel like this, this hot spring breeze that is blowing away from you and toward him as he chants. Like he's siphoning energy to cast this spell. I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Choice. At our priesty man there, mainly because I think that's the only thing I've got that can hit him at this point. Because he's very far okay. from me. Yeah, those are all over 10. So yeah, that's hidden. Yeah. Uh, how much damage? Not great. 21. Okay. Um, go ahead and add that shit up. 21 damage. That's the end of Roy's turn. Yep, Roy fucking casts him at him, and he fucking gets hit with all three and is slowed by 30. Okay. <laughs> He's been thrown around this map. He hasn't moved much on his own. This gets thrown around a lot. Uh, that's going to be Cultist's turn. Uh, the handful of cultists go. Uh, one of them tries to step to Granlin, and Granlin just uses 
uh, Mage Slayer to strike this fool for trying and kills him. I would need less people on my map. She uses a reaction to hit him. Just cuts him down with a halberd. Uh, and then, and then this guy uh, is gonna go ahead and try to start shit with a little trio of mages. Uh, tries to hit them with a column of. You guys have. Oh, uh, they cast spiritual weapons. So all the spiritual weapons try to strike Bop again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Bop. The number plus is nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. All right. Two of them hit you. You're gonna take another ten radiant damage. And then, like I said, one of them dies to Granlin. And then these, the last one's going to drop a little column of light on Aegis, Comet, and Foul. They jump out of the way. They take some damage. Uh, they take some radiant damage. I'm going to go ahead and write that. See, this is me writing it. Uh, they don't look like they like that. And it's Evan's turn. What does Evan do? He's going to use Spirit Totem. He's going to cast it near uh, all of us, near the, near the biggest grouping of okay. people fighting, because <clears throat> it's 60 feet. Okay. And he's going to cast the Hawk okay. Totem. Which will grant uh, allies advantage on attacks and uh, uh, and perception. Uh, Evan Evan raises his arm and a spectral hawk appears and like summons from the Realm and flies out uh, over Bopadopolis. Uh You guys oh, all have advantage on all, on what now? On attacks and perceptions. There you go. And. He, since that's actually a bonus action, he can still cast something with an action. So what he's going to do is cast Spike Growth on a bunch of those, uh, uh, on okay. just some people. It's a 20-foot cube. He casts it, and if they're All in right, it... that can hit the Planetar as well. Sure, yeah, let's do it. And when the creature roll? moves into or within, within the area, it takes 2d4 piercing damage, piercing damage for every 5 feet it travels. So when they oh, it's sprout, just not a roll, it's just if you move through it, huh? Yep. All right. Uh, that is gonna be the priest's turn. There's fucking two of them left. Uh, so, spiritual weapons again. Oh, I already went. They, they went. It's the fist's turn. So the fist, you said 2d4 for every five feet they move? Yep. I need you to roll... Alright, I need you to roll 2d4, 44, and 64 as all three of them move to engage Adam. <laughs> okay, so 2d4 is 7. Okay. 44 is uh, 9. And then what was the last okay. one? And 64. 5. Uh, 15. Uh, 17. 17. Okay. <sighs> Alright. Uh, they move forward to strike at Evan. Evan's armor class is what, my dude? Uh, 14, but he also... Uh, I guess I never stated he took his rapier out, but I imagine it's out just in case. Why wouldn't it be? How much was the armor class? It's uh, 14, but as a reaction I can bump it. So I'm going to bump it up 5 to 19. Okay. One of them hits him twice, another guy hits him once, and the other one hits him once. So so his new armor class his new armor class is what? 19? Is it yeah. just one attack? Okay. He's going to stop one of them. He's still going to okay. get hit with three attacks. Okie doke. Tell me the damage. All right. He takes fucking... Uh, fucking it's, it's, it's nine. It's nine damage three, four, three times. 27 damage then. Yep. As they all try to smite poor Evan. Poor Evan. Poor... Uh, and then, Jesus, make it stop, make it stop. Bop, you're getting smitted. You take nine damage as well. Got it. Uh, and then, it's Grim's turn. Perfect. I've been waiting for this. Uh, Bop, directly in front of you, the last remaining uh, Fist of Numid climbs, has, who has dangling from the ledge, climbs back up beneath you and immediately eyes up the full height of a copper dragon. Grim. I'm going to peek out from behind uh, Granlin, and as I do so, 
I'm going to cast Prismatic Spray because I just got it and I want it. I want it so bad. So everybody in a 60-foot cone from me has to make a, uh 18 deck save. And then tell me how many people are in that. Yeah, look at the map. Uh, you're nowhere near anyone that matters, dude. Krieg is literally... Krieg and, and Tal Opal are the only ones that you can hit from your current location. Okay, well, I definitely want to hit Tal Opal. How far hey, away yeah, is absolutely. Tal Opal from me? <laughs> Tal Opal is just within range, but it's literally the only guy you're going to nail if you aim in that direction. Okay, you can move well, a little bit and hit him and the planetar, actually, with a cone. If you move yeah, around Grindland's back. Okay, so you move around Grindland's back, you can hit both of them with the cone from that angle. So you, you yeah, circle around to the north of Grandland, still keeping her kind of in between you and Creek, and you can light those two up. Uh, you will also hit her angel. Yeah, I already told her. Yeah. So, so what I does do this it. look like? Grim rolls from behind Grandland's back and moves forward just enough to make sure he hits his designated target, which is that priest, and he goes, uh, he, he says, have a little bit of fun. As he sticks his hand out, and out from his hand, Shoots eight multicolored rays of light. Uh, each ray is a different color and has a different power and purpose. Damn. Each creature in the 60-foot cone makes a dexterity saving throw. And then I gotta roll a d8 for each of those. So it's only three, right? Three people. Yeah. Because I have to roll a d8 for each so that I can figure out what they get. Okay, so I got a four, an eight, and a seven. I'm gonna say that the... Uh, well, they all have an 18 deck save so they they do that let me do that how many is it for each ray no they just all have to do one okay i'm gonna say that nat 20 is your ally because if there's anybody you wouldn't be aiming for particularly it's her yeah the others get nailed uh so uh the one who makes the save only would have gotten blinded but they made the save the planetar Try to hit her with a blinding light, but she's already fighting this shining beacon, and she's used to it. The planetar takes 36 damage, specifically poison. Nice. Okay. Not resistant to that at all. Red. And then the uh, the uh, that's if he didn't save. If if nobody saved, nobody but her saved. Nobody. He takes 36. Nobody else saved. Perfect. Uh, God damn it. And then the priest he takes. 39 damage, and he's also blinded. So as uh, eight rays of light pour out from my outstretched hand, a violet light hits the the friendly angel, to which she seems to shrug off, but the, the planetar is struck by the green light taking 36 poison damage, and the priest is struck by both the yellow light taking uh, 39 lightning damage, and the violet light becoming blinded. And you you get to make a wisdom save at the start of your next turn. A successful one saves it. If you okay. fail the save, you're transported to another plane of existence. What? What? Yeah. When so does this happen? The, if you fail the wisdom save at the start of your next turn, okay, you get transported to another plane of existence okay. of your choosing, the GM's choosing, not the character's choosing. Wow. Okay. All right. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, Mullion, is, is that the end of your round? Oh, no, that's not it yet. So then I run at this dude. How much, how co- how close can I get to this priest dude? You can get up in his face if you move your full move. Not not even your full movement. It's like 20 feet away. Okay, cool. Then I run at him, and as I do it, I pull my uh, cane. I actually already pulled my cane out because it's my focus. But I put my cane sword, because I'm still holding the other sword, up to my face. Uh, sheathed, and I say, dispatch them. 
and it shoots off for my bonus action to attack this fucking dude. I'm positive a 19 hits him. <laughs> so he's going to take only 10 damage. Okay. Uh, he looks real bad, dude. Uh, not great. Um, and now that you're close, he looks like some sort of dark elf, but maybe he's got draconic lineage. It's hard to tell. Once again, weird. I can't even. Never I'm, seen him before. I, it's a fucking. In his face, I yell, What are you? On me. Then it's gonna be Mullion's turn. Mullion is going to. He's gonna mop up this this world. He's gonna run past this dude, this casually shove this priest off the edge. That's a 17 plus 6 strength check. That priest's gonna go off the edge. He's gonna keep doing that. All these priests that are along the edge here. <laughs> let's just let's do another one. He's raging. Technically, I get to roll that with advantage. That's another 20. What do you get? Bitch priest. Yeah, you go off the edge too. That's another priest off the edge. Mullion's just gonna mop this up. He's gonna reconvene over here after knocking those two off the edge casually, like a boss with the mages. That's gonna be Krieg's turn. Krieg takes one step to try to go after you to protect Tal, and Granlin immediately sidesteps in front of him and goes, No, dear. It's you and me, or nothing at all. Uh, he's gonna swing at Granlin. So be it. Alright, Granlin's gonna take 27 damage. Uh, and they, as they start to clash, swinging hammer and halberd against each other. Bop. It's your turn. Be a dragon, Oh, bud. good. Be a, be a dragon. Mess things up. Please note that I am on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 try this, I, I try to speak through the, the uh, uh, Numenite in my jaws. <laughs> <laughs> you can use message. A veal manifests and says, we are currently... Riding a dragon. Hello, Bob. Holding the mantle of spring and directly above us, she looks up, is the portal to spring to Fae. Let's go! We need to shout to God. I shout up at her. I shout up, up at them. She makes a valid point, but like, I, maybe help. I don't. I might be able to wrap this up. It's, it's fine. I think they got it. Daedalus, Daedalus looks up at the two of you and goes, We got it. Pop. Right. Go. All right. I fight the rest of the way down and I launch into sky. You snap this dude in half, he falls in two pieces on either side of your jaws as you skyrocket into the air. Uh, I spent the last bit of him at whatever priest is st still standing. Yeah, that, this this fist just gets knocked off the edge of the You and we Roy run, run fly We up. fly. <laughs> you fly up. Oh yeah, we, we're, we fly run, so 160 feet. Jesus. As you fly up, Roy, Bob. 200, 240. What? Uh, 240. 240 feet into the sky. Jesus! Fly is 80. Why do you move that much? Wait, what? Because it's flight. It's a dragon in flight. Flight is 80 feet. For Can movement? You, you can't bonus action dash as a dragon. You get two. You get two. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, you aren't a rogue. That's a lot. You're not a rogue dragon. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's plenty. You sail up, and you hear uh, Val Opal yell at the planetar. Do not let them escape! And the planetar rockets up after you. It leaves. It moves so quickly that it leaves the other celestial in the dirt. Uh, that's going to make it... Oh, God. Fucking Daedalus sees that, and uh, Daedalus... Daedalus just said he would help, but seeing the planetar take off after you, Daedalus is going to jump on its leg. Fuck. All right. 
Daedalus leaps, grabs the foot as he takes off, and he's going up into the sky with y'all. He's just the bravest little toaster. Ah! <laughs> this is a mistake! Um, it's Granlin's turn. Granlin's gonna swing on uh, Krieg Van Burgot. She freaking brings the halberd down, pushes him back five steps, knocks him across this, his head, trips him with another halberd, and strikes him again, striking him harder to the ground. Let's see how much of that actually does damage. It's that butt strike. So he, he knocks aside uh, the first attack, gets tripped to the ground, and then blocks the butt with his hammer. But he does take 20 damage as she smites him. Woo! Beat his fucking ass. Oh, I will, Roy. Good luck. <laughs> I can't believe she heard that. <laughs> I have good hearing for an old lady. I'm not Bruce. Uh, the planetar sails up and grabs on to... How fast does this planetar fucking move? He has a fly speed of 120. Bop, you don't move fucking fast enough. Oh, shit. This planetar double moves and... And he's on you. You are... Next round, you're going to be under his attacks. Uh, the planetar is sailing up and as it's sort of crossing in front of your and Bop's face as it, as it catches up with you guys... He says, You've done very well, and you were close to victory. I'm still rooting for you. Then let us go! I have no choice. I'm sorry. What is- Daedalus is like, This is- This seems like a- Like- Like- Like a problem. I am bound. There is nothing I can do. To what? I am sorry. But know that your god smiles upon you, Daedalus. He is proud of you today. That's all it can do. Uh, the mages are gonna light up Krieg. As they should. Chromatic orb. That's a great spell to cast at a high level, and that's what Comet's gonna do. Comet pulls out his shit, his wand, focuses his, his crap, and lights up the back of Krieg. So Krieg's gonna get hit. That's a 19, Comet. And he's gonna go ahead and cast that at 6th level. Book. 8 times 5. 40. So he nails him in the back with a... What's the spell? Random damage, right? Oh, you choose. He's gonna hit him with acid in the back. 40 damage. Getting so tired of doing these things. Why did I put things with health? <laughs> just let people die. Kree Van Burgau takes 40 damage. He is then hit in the back with, I'm just gonna say, magic missile. Foul doesn't have a lot in the way of damage, but he's gonna light him up, and I'm gonna say it's another 30 damage. Hits him in the back with a spell that cannot miss. Aegis Stratus is going to throw a shield on Granlin and raise her armor class by five. What a guy. It Do is the damn thing. Foul Opal's turn. Talakval Opal casts Mass Heal Wounds. Wave of Energy washes out and hits him and Krieg and any of the fists that are still standing, and they're all going to heal for 24 hit points as his healing energy goes out. And then he spits up blood and gives you the eye. <laughs> um, Do I notice anything look like it changes in him when he does anything? Oh... Uh, as he kind of gets his power back under him, it, it looks like the, the mirage kind of goes back over. It defeats your true sight. He doesn't look like himself, or he doesn't look like the, the character you saw again. He looks like the priest. Okay, don't worry, I got something for that ass. Hey, isn't he like, something's supposed to happen to him on his turn, right? Yes, what do I need to do? Oh, yeah, you've been blinded, so actually it's the start of your turn, so re make your wisdom save. 18. What does it need to be? 18? Uh-huh. Wisdom's very good. He does save. Ugh, lucky bitch. He almost got teleported just to somewhere else. He got, he got a, he got a nineteen. Damn. 
Yeah, you see, you see that he flickers for like the briefest of moment, and then he heals everybody that's still fighting with him. He spits blood at you and winks. Oh, don't worry. There's more to come. Not if I continue. Not if I succeed. We'll see. And uh, as he says that, you realize that this man knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Roy, it's your turn. Crazy person. It is? Holy shit. Roy. Um. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do this right now. Um, I would like to look up at our angel friend. And I'm going to cast Force Cage. What? <laughs> an immovable. What does that do? And what does that? An immobile, like? invisible, cube-shaped prison composed of magical force springs into existence around an area you choose within range. The prison can be a cage or a solid box as you choose. I'm going to drop the literal bird cage on him. All right. What does he roll? That is 18 charisma. Charisma check. All right. He's good at that, and he has magic resistance. Fuck. Let's see. It's a 19 and a 1, but he has magic resistance, so he's gonna... That's a 31. He shatters through your cage. I'm sorry, little one, but you will need to try harder. Is that all you do, Roy? Yeah, I ain't got nothing else. Okay. That's an, that, that was my action. That's all I got. Jeff, what does Evan do? Evan doesn't want to be hit by these three dudes again, so that's a, that's, that's a big thing. How far away is everybody? Uh, from Evan and you? Like, from what? Yeah, how far away is the dragon? He's 200 feet, or like 160 feet away? He's 160 feet in the air. Yeah, so Evan can't get to that. And uh, rising. Can't get to him. No. And rising. Um, but Evan can use his... He's got three people on him. He's going to use his fey presence. Okay. And as you may remember, his say? is a charm. It's a 17. His is a charm. Uh, two of them immediately fail, lower their weapons. Oh, hey, bud. Wow, what, what was happening? Uh, I, I wanted to, like, hit you. Have I been drinking? And the other one looks at the other two. No, you've been ensorcelled. Stop it. And then he uses compulsion on the last one. <laughs> so what's that save? A wisdom 17. That's a now, it's a, that's a now one. <laughs> what's the compulsion? Perfect. Uh, his compulsion. Take your friends and run along. Yeah. Now, well, yeah, no, this is, this is wild. I've had to fight a dragon twice today, man. I'm, we're going to go. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Why can't I remember your name? We've known each other for a long time. Evan. Evan. Thank you. Uh, go. Go. Take care of yourself. Uh, and they run away. <laughs> Evan uh, is, thinks he's got under control, and then Zombie Fist swipes at him, and he has to kind of dodge to the left. Because <laughs> Zombie Paladin has no one else to attack. <laughs> he rolled a four, though. Cool. Fucking so Evan and his charm. That's yeah, it. Evan. That's, that's, that's Evan. That's all the... This, um, Grim, it's your turn. Fuck yeah. I'm so excited about this turn. I'm so excited. Okay, so we're going to start by spending some sorcery points. I only need to spend a couple because I have them now. Let's spend a couple. Boom, boom. Fucking end him. Right. For quick and spell, but we're not going to do the spell yet. We're going to get to the spell. First, we're actually going to attack with... So I swing with conceit, now no longer broken, hitting him. Yeah, I swing using my menacing attack doing a grand total of 31 damage. And then That's because I used the, enough. because I used the quicken spell, I'm going to then because I need to move and he can't be here anymore. I'm going to cast at 6th level Thunderstep. Oof. Yeah, Thunderstep he needs to make an 18 con and he's going to I'm going to roll out these 60 tens for him. He rolled a nat 19. 
Okay. Well, he's still gonna take half the damage. And I'm gonna okay. teleport onto the dragon. Can you move that far? Yeah, 300 feet. Oh, shit! 26 points of damage. Halved, because he made the save. Okay. You hit him with a clap of thunder, and it looks like he's swooning, like he's about to collapse. And then he sort of shakes his head and says, no. Though I do know when I've been beaten. Then he disappears. Does the portal stop portaling? No, it seems like that whatever magic is happening is still going on. Uh, roll me a arcana, or a religion check. Whichever's preferable to you. Well, with a three, I just don't think it'll matter, but let's see what I can add to it. Uh, nine? Uh, you, you, you don't know. He stopped it, but it doesn't seem to have stopped anything. Like, it seems like he's done enough damage that maybe it'll still happen. The focus that he used was the mantle of spring. Your best guess is if it's still around, it's going to be a problem. Okay. Then, uh, also, I'm the gonna... planetar. You appear on top of Bop, and the planetar is just sort of hovering in front of you now with Roy, going just as fast as you guys flying up toward the portal, toward the rift. I look at the planetar and go, look, he's gone. Why? He summoned you. He's, he's gone. He disappeared. Concentration broken. Why are you here? The, de- the deceiver's magic is strong. I'm, once again, sorry. And blessings of Newman be upon you, if you survive. You know he's a deceiver and you say, oh, God, I... I can tell all lies. Yes, no of course. one was listening, however. I, you were speaking to the wrong people. Killing Sir. me, bud. I'm sorry. Truly. Almost literally. Uh. Literally? Literally <laughs> you're killing me. You killed, You almost killed me already. You're literally killing me. This is not very new enough. <laughs> or is it? I don't know. I don't follow you. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, Mullion. Uh, Mullion below you. We're gonna come out of, uh, the, the rest of the shit is left behind. Um, we're gonna deal with y'all so that we can move toward the end. Um, uh, below you, you see Mullion and Granlin both start wailing on Krieg. Krieg's not looking good. You see him being bombarded with spells by all the mages. Uh, you see below you, the other Celestial cannot fly nearly as fast and realizes that she's being left behind. She sails back down to help the fight below. I yell down, kill him, he's an asshole! You see Granlin and the mages just absolutely unload on Krieg Van Burgot. You watch him go down, and then one of the mages screams up with an amplified voice, remove the mantle from the situation and the portal will close. Bop, it's your turn. Here's the plan. Uh, Roy, your hair sticks up in all directions. Okay. What? A static charge starts building along the entire length of this dragon, and I unleash it at the planetar. What are you doing? Lightning breath. What are you? I thought you were a copper dragon. Which type of dragon did you choose? Is my head cannon wrong? Oh my god. bronze. Oh my god. Okay. That explains why I have not understood your moveset. Dope. I don't know the difference between okay. bronze and copper is colors, so my headcanon does not change just what you can do. <laughs> yeah, one's it, a little it's, less it's shiny. Breath, repulsion, breath. Yeah, a little one's bit. More, uh, one, one looks closer to gold, one looks closer to a fucking penny. Yeah. <laughs> one's a burnished penny, one's a, a burnished penny. statue. Uh, <laughs> <There you laughs> uh, okay, uh, roll what you're doing. What's, what's my save? Uh, DC 19 dexterity. Okay. 18. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of does ah, like a ah, little pirouette ah, ah. to try to peel away from the lightning and doesn't quite make it in time. Do that damage. Oh, oh, it's beautiful. Ready for this? 84. 
84 damage. Fuck. Is that the end of your turn, or do you have more? Holy macaroni. D uh, no, pull, pulling off the breath weapon is... That, that's all I have. That's the end? For, he had 89 for, health. He's still on you. Hey. You almost got him. <laughs> hey, you know? You know who's like, hanging on? <laughs> no. Boy. Fucking Daedalus. Like... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know what the corkboard armor gives Daedalus? Resistance. <laughs> Resistance to lightning. <laughs> Somebody give him 42 damage, please. Yeah, he's still up. Good. <laughs> Hang in there. You're fine. Stab it. <laughs> Literally just swing. <laughs> Stay strong, Daedalus. I lean over to, uh, to Roy. I'm not entirely sure he's going to make it. So just a heads up. Don't plan on seeing him in the future. Just like, just like, hey, just like, out of game, he's got like 50, we're good. Oh, okay, well, yes. Roy, Roy says that out of game to Grim. <laughs> yeah, me, Roy and Grim lean out of game. The planetar jerks his sword, and it seems to get bigger and brighter in his grasp. Bop, you're getting attacked two times. What's that armor class? Oh shit. What's that armor class? 19? 19. He hits both times. Fuck off. Bop. Oh no. What? That 19. One of All these right. is a crit. He's gonna do 43 damage with a regular attack. 21 slashing, 22 radiant. He does 95 damage with him. Oh my god. That's Jesus damn. Barnaby Christ. Are you still a dragon, Bop? Yes. What? How? <laughs> I had 100 at the at the beginning of the round. I had 171 health. Ooh, fuck. It already reduced me from 227. So how much do you have now? Uh, 43, and then what did you say? 90. 94. So minus 137. 34. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! It feels good to be a dragon. He drives this sword across Bob's wing and then buries it up to the hill in what he thinks is Bob's heart. And he says, Wow, you are very strong. My guy's resilient. That hurts. Wow. I, I imagine it does. Again, literally killing us here. So I'd appreciate I no it if you stop. I'm very sorry. I cannot. Whose turn is it? It's Daedalus' turn. Oh, shit. <laughs> Daedalus is dangling from his there fucking we go. foot. And Daedalus looks up at everything that's like the sword. He's hanging off his sword, stabbed and bop. He looks like he's been trashed. And Daedalus goes, you're going to make me kill the angel. I'm the one who has to kill the I angel. I mean, you can. I was hoping that you guys would do that. I have to I... live with the fact that I'm going to kill a literal embodiment of hey, my god's you can will. hold an I'll do it. You can hold an action, bud. I'll it do it. It doesn't want to be listen, here. Listen. You've got a lot to do, Roy. Listen, he's a summoned creature. You won't kill him, you'll just send him home. Were you not listening the millions of times I- I'll do it. I'll do it in a cool fucking way, too. You would only be freeing me, my son. Just do it. Free him! Send him home! Stab him Daedalus in his is, Daedalus is I fucking crying. Daedalus is fucking crying. He rolled a critical oh, hit. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just yes. reaches up with his sword and stabs him right along the femoral Daedalus artery. Daedalus failing upward. Tears are streaming out of Daedalus' eyes as he cuts this angel across the femoral artery. The angel just, like, makes a gasp and, and starts to glow with this brilliant light and then just explodes into light and falls around. There's a problem. He's falling. Daedalus was hanging from his foot. Grim's turn as Daedalus goes into free fall. Is it? 
No, sorry, no, it's Roy's turn. Daedalus, Roy, Roy's next. Roy's gotta be the one. I mean, that's not true. I have 60 feet of range. How fast does he fall? He falls 500 feet around. I guess he'd fall on his turn. I mean, he, you said that the angel was above us. Well, he, no, he was keeping up. He was like face to face with the ball. Uh, I don't have, like, how far away is he? Because catch this isn't that fucking long. The angel is 12 feet tall. Daedalus would have been hanging 15 feet below you. <laughs> Hurry up with your turn. I can catch you. I'm... <laughs> I'll hold it. Fuck it. <laughs> I cast telekinesis um, and I catch him. <laughs> okay. Uh, Daedalus screams, stops in midair, and gets yanked up along with you guys. Yeah. I, I hold him. You guys are sailing on a dragon toward the rift. I bring him onto the dragon towards the rift. But I hold on to him with the telekinesis because I'm worried that he'll fall again. I just have a feeling in my head. Hey guys, I just want to say, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jeff, I'm sorry. I just want to say that, that as a dungeon master, in a finale setting, it's very satisfying to say to my players, so you guys are riding a dragon heading toward a rift in the sky. This feels good. This feels, feels good pretty fina- Is this a fucking finale? We, hey, we try. hey gang, we try. this might be a finale. This might be a fucking finale. <laughs> Let's go. Bop. Fucking yip yip. Let's go. Power Rangers Turbo. Go. Roy. Go. Roy. Give, give me give me my sorcerer's stuff, please. <laughs> hey, bud. It's all yours. You can have it. I, 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 t- I, I keep flying upwards, and as that happens, grasping my claw, I crunch my sorcerer's stone. What? Uh, and I, I go back to full health. Oh. <laughs> Just insult. Fantastic. Just insult to injury. You, th- this, this is, this is an attack. <laughs> I feel insulted. I feel upset. I feel like I've been cheated of something. You guys. I mean, won. if you want to feel, if you want to feel really upset, understand that I. Still you guys have, have a lot of hit points. Yeah. I still have temporary hit points. Yeah, I have almost yeah. half my health. I do not believe that you guys have so much shit, and you did. I'm so glad that I didn't tell you to take a long ride. You guys are sailing toward the rift in the sky, and it is in such a way the the, the you are in the eye of a hurricane that is rising toward the rift. Things are being sucked up into the air as you fly. You see that fairies and other beings are following you. The hurricane is tight around you guys, maybe 20 feet in either direction, every direction in the circle. And they're spiraling up as you sail up into the sky. To your left and right, you can see Pan, and you can see Baba on the on either side of you, sailing up. And they both sort of wake at <laughs> Hey, is you. she just like in a bag? And <laughs> yes. <laughs> tied to the beer. <laughs> Still tied to the beer in the net. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wish that we had the rights to sailing away right here. <laughs> from the back, she says, So who's it gonna be? I uh, put my hand on Roy's shoulder, and I say, Roy, you have a world, and you have responsibilities. You can come with me to see mine, but I think that it's time this old dog learned some new tricks. <laughs> You know, you could use them. I hand it over. And I obviously don't put it on right away, but I, 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 I grasp onto it tightly. As you guys sail higher and higher, the air gets colder. You sail above the cloud line, and the rain stops, and everything gets very peaceful. You can see the stars for the first time in days. You, say, you fly up, and the rift is just barely above this cloud line, 
and bop. Do you just keep flying toward it? Do you slow down? What do you do? You're going home, boy. You're going home. Yeah, I just fly them up. As you as you get closer and closer to the rift with the mantle, you can see that it is hacked. Being near the rift, the rift is growing very rapidly. Things are coming undone. You need to hurry. You don't have a lot of time. I can't wait to show you boys my home. You guys sail through the rift, and the moment you get back to Faye, you feel a pull and a draw of this mantle as fairy energy empowers this relic of fairy spring itself. You can't resist. Do you put it on? Yeah. Yeah, I run to the top. Uh, like, So I just imagine we're kind of flying straight up. And I know that this is yeah. a bit extra, but I want to be a bit extra. Where the fuck from now? Be extra. So I run to the top. Be extra. Of, run up his be spine all the way to the top of fucking uh, Bop's snout. And I jump off as he's flying straight up through. And we're flying in the sky of the Feywild. And they can see the beauty and majesty of the, the realm I call home. And I fucking throw this mantle on. And I go, and as I do it, I go, to New Horizons. You jump through the through the portal ahead of Bop. And the moment you go through, there's like a perspective change. You are now falling from this rift straight down. Yeah. You don't go up. And then, like, you, 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 you go through the rift and you realize that somehow it's flipped you vertically. And you are in a tumble. But you flip out the mantle like a flag. It goes out. And then you grab the other end and you set it across your shoulders as you free fall. As you put the mantle on, you lose yourself. Aeons of sunlit fields and dew-filled mornings filled with feasting and warmth play through your whole being. You are poured over with a rampant growth of unfiltered life energy that electrifies your muscles and adrenal glands, among others. An energy that is so overwhelmingly base in its origins that you quickly lose track of who you once were, as the only thing that truly mattered becomes single-minded desires. And those desires in turn feed back into you, granting you what feels like an unlimited power beyond anything your previous feeble body has ever felt. You embody the nature of the season of birth, of warm winds and endless jade fields. You are vibrant life and dangerously rampant growth. You are the energy that leads to plentiful fields, bountiful harvests, choking vines, pollen, fungus, bacteria, disease, infestation, flooding. You are the need to procreate and spawn, to mate, to spread, to achieve divine excess, to thrive and in thriving, prepare for the inevitably difficult times ahead. Grim. You are spring. Yeah, baby. Being from Fae makes it hard to pin down certain concepts. Most common fairies live lives of blissful apathy, constantly seeking whatever pleasures draw them on down the roads of their mostly carefree lives. The more powerful Fae grow to embody a concept or ideal of nature, oftentimes finding themselves defined by it and unable to break free of the rules and behaviors bound within. To live in Fae is to be caught up in a constantly shifting tangle of unbreakable rules. To the uninitiated, this life can appear chaotic and without rhyme or reason, but the longer one would immerse themselves in the Feywild, the more they would see that the reason is rhyme, or maybe more of a rhythm, a song that changes tempos and melodies constantly but still follows basic patterns.
A fairy knows that these patterns do not change, that the chaos falls away if looked at from a grander scale. Every powerful ebb to the ocean of life will be returned by an equally powerful flow. And because of this understanding, for the fae, the idea of the change means death. To be caught by the fox means the end of the rabbit. A change is an end to a seemingly unstoppable and long-running cycle. But what is death to the rabbit is continued life of the fox. And the change often loses all meaning on a larger scale. Nature readjusts. The ebb and flow of life and death, chaos and order, good and evil, balances. Grim. You were hesitant to take on the mantle of spring because you take... Because to take up the mantle would be to destroy yourself. There's no going back from such a cataclysmic transformation of self. You know from a newfound cosmic knowledge that you could simply remove the mantle, that you could choose to divest yourself of the power of spring, but you know that you could not simply return to your old life. Butterflies look nothing like the caterpillars they were, and having true knowledge of how the world works is no different. Grim as we knew him is gone. What remains keeps him as a memory an echo of a life that almost immediately seems smaller. Smaller and less burdened. So, Grim, uh, we're going to pick up right after we sort of completed our mission. Uh, these We're going to do some epilogue scenes with everybody to kind of close out the story. And I have an idea. We've talked about what you want to do. If each person's going to have a scene, and if, if you guys show up to each other's scenes, that's great. We'll talk about it and kind of do them. They're going to probably jump around from time to time. They might not all be in the same, like, simple timeline, and I'll try to let the listener know where they where these fall. I think this starting out immediately, we're just going to start up with Grim laying on the grass in Fey after having transformed and landing back in the Fey Wild. I want to know what Grim looks like as a spring fairy. Not just a spring fairy, the spring fairy. The quintessential swing swing spring uh, swing fairy oh that's a that's a good look too absolutely so this transformation as you said it changes him uh, and this change is on a baser level new and now spring grim as he changed vines grew across his body thorny black purple vines dark purple vines with black thorns grew all across his body to fill in what should have been the musculature of his skeleton, making him fill out and look much more reminiscent to a, a creature, a living creature than he did before, uh, covering his entire body in the way that musculature would, all the way including his skull and where his eye sockets were sprout two roses of a brilliant blue color. This is new ground. Did you say how you were dressed? Is that the same? Exactly the same. Except for now there's a mantle. And he doesn't have his hat anymore. You wake up, laying on a hillside, on cool, soft grass that you immediately know is the Feywild. Something about the transformation leads you to believe that you've been here a while, but you're not sure for how long. Uh, Grimwood, Grim comes to consciousness sees the, the brilliant sky above him and he sits up and he looks around. Uh, before you, you see the ever irritating in a past life, Pan and Baba Naga are here to greet you. And the moment that you stand 
they approach you and kneel. My Lord Spring. Hello. It is good to finally have you kneel before me. <laughs> We've always kneeled before you, Spring. Yes, I'm aware they're kneeling. Yeah, I, I know that's... Uh, me? Can you? Yo. Mm, this uh, is already quite a thing to get used to. Spring? I, not fighting. Uh, it, can you shut up? I'm trying to listen. You see that Pan and her like look at each other? Like, you cannot do that, can you? That, that's like, you're supposed to just embrace the, 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 the merging of the two personalities. No, no, he's fighting it, and it's my favorite thing I've ever heard. Listen, I'm not fighting. I'm living alongside. Finally, someone who's into the conflict of their selves. I hate that you may be right. Shut up. I hate. I can? Oh, I'm going to turn you into something new. And I, I look at her in her face and go, Do you like being part snake? Because I was thinking centaur next. Oh. Anything you wish, Spring. I simply wanted to state that you're already my favorite. I followed many. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She is quite loyal. Oh, shut up. What brings you here? Uh, we wanted to fill you in on what has been happening in Faye since you've been gone. There's much we need to do. How? I just got here since I've been gone. What's it been? In Faye? Quite some time. Well, quite many cycles. A lot has happened. I understand that in Fae, time is not the same, but I do understand time, and actually, hold on, much better than I did before. Strange. Yeah, t- time time for you now is on a material plane sense. is pretty much anything you want it to be, but it must always move forward. Uh, as you guys say this, there is a flash of, of quick light in the sky, and a falcon flies through a thin rift and sails down, and Evan lands in front of you all. Ah, Evan. No, I won't hurt him. What brings you here? Uh, Evan takes a step back as you say that, and he's like, uh, Almighty Spring. Don't worry. As much as... Shut up. As much as part of me doesn't like you, I still like you. Yes. Autumn and spring will never get along, but it's time for us to put our differences aside. It has been. Mr. Grimm, sorry it took me so long to get back. How long did it take you? It has been three weeks on the material plane. Oh, that is quite some time. What were you doing in your absence? Um, much. There's much to be done in Griffinport at the moment. I was trying to help things reach an even keel again. Mm, I understand. My head is ever filling with more knowledge and an annoying voice. Can you change your voice? No? Okay, perfect. Uh Uh. They sort of fill you in. Now, so I have two questions. I'm going to try to pitch questions to people that I think are pertinent. We said, who is Grimm now? But I feel like that's a deeper question. What does it mean that Grimm has accomplished his mission? What would Grimm do now that he's been refilled into the political struggles going on in his realm, and he has attained one of the four crowns. Um, I think a big part of what Grimm does next is after he gains all of this knowledge and all of this 
this experience that comes with this uh, this mantle, this great power, is he uh, he figures out how it must be used to fix the problem that he is now vibrantly aware of. And knowing that there's a problem with Faye in general, but also knowing that there's a problem with the way things are done. Grim would take the time to, uh, to one, in, in spring in, its, in and of itself, change the way that they, they bring people in, and now set up with the help of Evan, who can move more freely in between, I think. Yeah. One of the first things that Evan kind of tells you and that you pick up very quickly as you move to consolidate Spring's power again, you kind of bring people back under your banner, is you find out that even though you guys fixed the rift, so to speak, the damage is still done. The veil between Faye and the material plane has been worn thinner, which is dangerous, but also exciting because now Faye and people will find themselves more able to move back and forth. And also the magic of Faye is going to be more freely accessible to those on the material plane. Once again, change is always dangerous, but if you figure out how to make it work for you, there's a lot of potential to it. Absolutely. And I think that I think that, that is a big thing that Grimm starts with, is building better relations with the material plane through whatever emissaries he can. I think he still keeps, even though Evan will probably not change, I think he still keeps Evan somewhat close, which is an argument he has with himself constantly. Evan tries to stay close because of your old friendship, but there are certain laws of na- like nature that you're functioning with. You represent opposite ends of a spectrum now, and it is difficult for him to even stay near you. There's something in the back of your mind as- that rankles when he's around, and he can feel that, you know? And also, for him, he's very uncomfortable being around what is essentially a demigod that he can feel angry thoughts coming from. Yeah. And even though you guys do try to work together, there's a certain amount of distance that does need to be kept there. Right. And, and, and I think that that is perfectly suitable. I think that knowing how that works and understanding that because, you know, Grimm is now able to gain a greater understanding of things much quicker than he would have before. I think he's going to use that to his advantage. The best way to describe what Grimm has kind of gained is sort of an avatar state from all of the mantle bearers that have ever been. He has access to their like knowledge. He can like he gets that cool little thing where he looks down a path and sees all the different versions of the Fae that have embodied the mantle of spring. Yeah. There's a Kiyoshi somewhere that says kill them all, you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> There's always a Kiyoshi somewhere that says kill them all. Uh, it might be Grimm. It, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But, Maybe old Grimm. later later mantle holders will will find out if that's true or not. But for now, Grimm's in the driver's mm. seat. Uh, I think Grimm would use the fact that he can't really speak with or he can't really keep Evan around to a sort of advantage uh, by asking him to be his messenger to other places, including the material world, and help helping build relations there as well as with the other courts because there is a problem. Okay. Okay. Uh. So we talked a little bit about this idea, right? That you want to have a court of multiple courts. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that okay. one of the things that he would do is... Like a UN? Yeah, yes. Yes. One of the things <laughs> he would do is... I was to, uh, you, you told me that there's a problem in Faye. And like we knew that all along. Yeah. And now with all this knowledge, I know that the pro- where the problem originates and it's in the court of summer. There's something wrong there. And I know that the only way to solve that is to go in with force. 
Yeah, so I think that Roy has been on the material plane for maybe two months, and he hasn't heard anything from Grim in quite some time. Uh, Evan left a few weeks ago. He had helped you sort of pick up a few of the pieces, check on Wounded, kind of make sure that everything wasn't going to collapse as soon as he left. Uh, he, he's been very helpful to you, a good friend. He left, he tried to go back to Faye, because he realized that it's not that hard for him to do so at this point. He, he, he can find ways. Uh, and then you haven't heard from... Uh, anyone in the Feywild for quite some time, but then you get a letter from Evan, hand-delivered, and he says... I read it! Yeah, a- a- actually, <laughs> it, it is for you, and it is for Avil as well. And it is a simple invitation to a court of courts in the Feywild to discuss peace and war. I, I, I think of to Avil, I'm like, is this, is this a jury summons? What is a jury? I don't. I don't. Let's just go. I think he invited us somewhere. It would be rude to not go, right? Yeah, we'll we'll go. Yes, this, I haven't been back in Fey in months. It'll be great. Uh, so Grim, we find you standing in an enchanted meadow, very large. It is almost like a natural amphitheater. Plants have grown to make seating and benches in a large dome, and you are at the center of this basin. And you are giving a passion speech to everyone here. At this meeting are. The mantle bearers of autumn and winter. You see Queen Mab and the Earl King, and their entire retinue and entourage. Standing next to the Lady Winter herself is Roy, representing his patron of Eel. And you are trying to convince them to put aside their many differences. Absolutely. Uh, Grim stands before them and uh, still mostly dressed in his suit. He's lost his gloves, can't keep his boots. Are you introducing yourself to us all right now? Because this, this is the first time I've seen him, correct? Yes. 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 Sir Grim stands before you, still mostly dressed in his suit, which you would see as familiar. They've probably got a couple thorns because he's got these black thorn vines poking through the suit here and there, but he, you can see he tries to maintain that. Uh, he doesn't have the gloves because the gloves he just rips through with his thorny fingers. Uh, and he doesn't have the hat, but it's still kind of looks like Grim, like a little bit. You you, you kind of have to be like, he's taller, I'd assume, now. Uh, is, is that is that Grim? Is that him right there? Yes, yes, Roy, I believe it is. That doesn't look like Grim. Grim walks forward and gets ready to speak. How are you, Grim? Roy! Mm. What a, what a time you have. What a perfect. Yes, it's me. Where can you, are your can bones? You, shh. Can, they're here. I don't. The, shh, can you? It's, you look kind of gross. I, I, Is that mold? No. It's, the, there's a there's a stony silence from everyone in this large dome. All these magical fairy creatures all watching this conversation. Mold kind of grosses really, me out a little bit. So, like, I I'm, might want to. No, I'm not going to do that. Listen. Okay, shut up. I, it's my turn. E- Evan bows and says... I immediately break rank and I go forward and I want to go and, like, examine him. <laughs> I... Evan goes, well, I got him exactly on time that I said I would. And you're not sure if he meant to do this or not. <sighs> Good work, Evan. You're welcome. Pardon should I, should I, fellow. Um, maybe later? Can, can, you, can you just give me a moment here? Yeah, okay. Thank you. It is good to see you, though. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I did say you needed a new look, but this might be, this might have been overdoing it a little bit, but you do you. Uh, one of the, one of the roses that is his eyes, uh, closes. 
and then opens back up. I throw up. <laughs> why did why did it do? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Evan leads Roy quickly over to the side so that Grim can continue his speech and Roy can vacate his stomach. Fellow heads of the Feywild and their appropriate representatives, I have gathered you here today to discuss the discourse we face in our world and in the greater worlds around us. We may not see eye to eye always, but we can agree that we understand the balance that must be maintained. A balance that is currently being disrupted by the court of summer. There are outside forces pushing us toward a great cataclysm. To avoid this, we must band together with each other. A request I know can be a bit more challenging than it may seem. But we have no time for these discomforts to stop us. We need numbers. To this end, we in Spring have begun to bring new Fey in voluntarily. Something I suggest you other courts do as well. Furthermore, we must make a treaty and begin preparing our forces because they have been preparing on their end. If we do nothing, we risk everything. We need to work together. Hey, Roy raises his hand. Yes, Roy and Aviel, representatives of Winter. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm aware. Okay. And some of you will not. I but don't, the, don't know that we're all on the same page. I haven't been here before. It 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 sounds like a new stage of your life is it's, beginning, Roy. And it sounds it like I'm going to another war, and I don't know how stoked I am about it. We don't have to, Roy. This is not something I will force, especially if Faye of not my court, to participate in. But it is something I am asking of all of you. Okay. You 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 see. You see Mab, after Reveal says that Roy doesn't have to, Mab gives her a glare, and you see that the Earl King just sort of nods at what Grimm is saying, that he's, he seems to be very on board with your speech. Your speech seems to be taken well, and it's not, it, this is the beginning, this is the opening speech to, as you said, a UN meeting, but you think it went well. But somewhere in the land of Fae, a trickster has undone the sacred rules of your world. The previous owner of the Spring Mantle was tricked divested of his power and destroyed by one who would sow true chaos in a realm that belongs partially to you now. You know that you can rally the people of Spring, join with Winter and even irksome Autumn, and finally turn upon the corruption that grew within the Summer Court. It's time to ferret out an elusive enemy. Grim, it's time for you to possibly lead one more hunt. Some things change. But not all things. Mortals often travel to the dangerous Feywild. Most never come back. All of them are changed. The nature of the relationship between the two planes is so old as to be forgotten by even the seemingly immortal Fey. But their ties are close and unmistakable. The mortal world has kept a constant influx of new creatures within the land of the Seed since the two realms came to be 
and the fairies' lands and the way of life often seem alien and capital W weird to those from the prime material. To engage in song, hunting, feasting, to fight or match words with the Shay often drives mortal minds mad. If the tricks of the fairies don't enslave a mortal, then the teeth of less complicated fae will surely come for someone who is unprepared. Because of this seemingly dangerous or outright hostile relationship with mortals, it's easy to believe that their differences are so vast that there is no reasoning with such a hostile, alien mind. But Roy found himself in a strange position, in a short time living a life that ran the spectrum from mortal to changeling to fully-fledged fairy. And unlike others who have surely been through a similar fate, he did it in the material world. And so did Avil. As you became Fae, she had to live your life with you. So Roy, I think we'll pick up with you leaving a very strange meeting that left, left you with a lot of questions as you guys are walking back and finding your way back to the material plane. To uh, Avil's trying to explain that meeting to you. It, it, it's very complicated, Roy. Um, it'll take a while for me to fully explain it. But it's the reason I'm here to begin with. That's fine. We can come back to that. I'm still more concerned about, is that skin that he has now? No, no, not at all. It's probably bark or vines or something. He doesn't have to follow any rules of anatomy. I, like, he never has. It's unsettling. Yes. So my first question to Roy is, what has Roy been doing in the last month or two? Uh, Roy has uh, just been just helping rebuild the city, I think. Just helping put, uh, trying to get Griffinport back to an okay place okay. so that things can, you know, continue on and move on. Uh, I have uh, taken uh, what is left of Bruce's home and uh, I unfortunately displaced whoever was living there before. They can have Dylan's old house. He's No one's living there. So yeah, let's, let's talk about where the city of Griffinport sort of landed. We rocked a huge section of the center. It was deeply flooded. Many of the buildings are ruined. Most of the poor sector was not even capable of surviving the flooding, and most of it washed away. Yeah. Or was so water damaged to be unusable. Even the richer section of the cities that were in, in the valley or dale area, when the levee, quote unquote, broke, huh. a lot of it was damaged or ruined beyond repair. Honestly, it never fully drained. The place wasn't designed for that sort of a storm. And when the underwater tunnels got damaged and things caved in, pools of water stayed. Griffinport isn't shaped the way it was. There are parts of the city that were up toward a cliff face that have remained, it's the rich section. And as the people sort of filtered back out of the Dorban strongholds, there was a lot of drama over where people were gonna end up. The, the dwarves did help as much as they could, but they can't house everyone. They weren't ready for something like this. And a huge section of poor and a large section of rich whose homes they belong to needed to have negotiations done. Obviously, you weren't the best person to negotiate for anyone, but the Sisters of Vesper and the nobility really did like having somebody around who was threatening enough to make people listen. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I don't think we need to go into that. I feel like Roy ended up doing a job that he probably hated for a few weeks. I think that's what Evan was helping you with the most, actually, is his diplomacy to back up your impatience. Mm -hmm. Sounds very much like what he really stayed for. Yeah, thank you, Evan. Yeah. So what, what, what was it that, that Roy did focus on in his free time? 
you know, when you were talking about how there's like puddles and shit everywhere and how things are weird, uh, I feel like I would have very easily just went up to Bop and been like, hey, you've got that hammer, right? You can just like move stuff, maybe? Like, Bop is around. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it makes sense to talk to Bop. I think what we'll do is, as you as you ask Bop this question, you have found him uh, doing a little side work for you on Bruce's house. Uh, the house ended up sitting right next to the cliff edge uh, on the other side of the wall near the elevators. Yep. And, and when you show up, there there are these silver creatures fluttering around that look like they don't really know what to do. And Bob is directing them to like help lift Lundra and move things around to try Over to repair there. all of Over the there. Dorgan infrastructure. I go up to him and I'm like, hey, 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 Bob, that house. Roy. I imagine nothing's going to happen with it anymore. Well, wood rods. It also doesn't belong here in this spot. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll upgrade with stone later. It'll be fine. No, I would like to move it back to where it goes. What, you want to move the whole bloody hill? No, the house moves. We don't need to move the hill. No challenge. I mean, that would be something if you could do that. That'd be. I feel like people would be really weirded out that there's a hill here now. But Well, I have this idea. Maybe we just move the house. And the hill. Could Just the house. <sighs> no imagination. Please, just the house? Fine. Miss what I have. Lads, do we have the track movers yet? Roy... What is uh are, are you going to live in it, Roy? What what are we doing? Uh I think I'm going I think I'm gonna fix it up. Okay. Sentimental. Yes. But also I think uh I think Dylan would like a new place to live, maybe. I don't think if he ever came back he would want to go live in his old house. I d I don't know if he's going to come back, Roy. It's not you've heard that the the, the a lot of people talking about it's not good that he he might be tried and hung. Have you met Dylan? That's a fair point. Yes. He's going to come back. I don't know when, but he will. And he's going to need somewhere to stay. And so is Julie. And I think, why not this house? It's empty. No one's living there now. Or no one will be. They can live in Dylan's old house. I don't care. <laughs> Dylan's old house was close to Market District. And I believe technically is under the sea at this point. Like, the, the lake that, that that built up there fed into the sea, and now it's a bay. Uh, so Dylan's old home that he got from his father, not viable. I'll figure something out for them. So you do that for the last couple months. That's what you've been up to. Um, as time goes by, I guess my second question for Roy is, once the city kind of gets back on its feet after a period of time, what does Roy do? with himself uh i think he just waits around i think he's he's fully expecting uh that dylan will show up at one point and so he's going to stay and just help the city get to where it needs to be until then okay you're surprised at how quick that happens uh one of the things that happens within the city is that the old method of doing things doesn't work the king stays in power for a brief time and then it shocks everyone when he steps down his last decree being that he is starting a council the head of this council a couple of the major churches not Newman what's left of the church of Newman is gone but the churches that stayed do nothing but support the people the church of Moores Granlin is on this it isn't on the council because one of the rules they state is that if you run the church you can't be here but these church leaders are valued and 
they're still looking for someone to be on the council, but currently Mary is the one doing it. Okay. Also on the council is Darius. Interesting. A huge amount of pardons went out. There are a lot of strange people running things. Some of them people who are problematic, some of them nobility, but those nobility did have a lot of experience running very complicated things. So you find that their help is actually useful. You have to browbeat them? And once again, everybody really enjoys having Roy around because it just makes people act right. But it doesn't take that long, even though it should. I mean, maybe longer than Roy would have liked. Because as time goes on, Roy gets bored. At a certain point, they figure it out. And he's needed less and less. And people kind of get tired of having Roy around because he's so aggressive. <laughs> the, part, the parts of winter in you, even when you're not being aggressive, make you very eerie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and it, it, it like people who know you are fine with it, but people who don't, it gets hard to do business around Roy. So you aren't as welcome amongst the politics fairly quickly, especially as people start to get on board. What does Roy do at that point? Um, I just wanted to remind Jay that Roy does have the best PR person in the entire city at his side. Kendra? Kelrath. Yeah. Fair. I don't know if you wanted to involve the dog, but I think Roy did end up with the dog, right? Sort of, yes. <laughs> it actually took you a week to find Kelrath, and you found him outside the city running circles with a bat, a fox, and a very ornery goat. <sighs> they were caught up in the wild hunt, and it never seemed to let go of them. I call to the goat. He runs at you, horns forward. Yeah, um... Yeah, I'm just gonna let him do his thing. And I, I just kind of turn around and I close my eyes. <laughs> he strikes you solidly in the behind, pitching you forward into a tumbling roll. Yeah. Yep. He yeah. lets out yeah. a happy bleat. A happy bleat. Okay, great. Now just get back and in my pocket, okay? And turns into a stone statue. Persistent, that thing. Dedicated. Uh, I then take Hellrath and I take him back to the tinderbox because that is where I am staying where I have always been staying. Two questions. Uh, one, immediately, uh, not a not a question, more of a statement. The tinderbox is absolutely underwater, and my question to you will be, how do you return to the tinderbox? Because we can answer that. And two, did you want to do the other thing that you said about Roy, or do you want to come back to that? Uh, which... Uh, is essentially Batman for Griffin Point. I mean, that's essentially what you said that I was <laughs> I doing quote, already. So, sort of. It's a little different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really. I didn't. I didn't know how to. We don't call that. Batman in to to. We don't call Batman in to public meetings to make people do what we need them to do. <laughs> I I think you're actually at the perfect moment. I, I think you can call back. Oh, that now people are getting less and less interested in listening to you. And just, you can recall that one time that you didn't listen to Bruce, but Bruce had something important to say. So he made you. And then Roy just hops from rooftop to rooftop, hitting ill doers with cobblestone. <laughs> <laughs> so after you get the goat and go get Kelrath, uh, as you are heading back to the tinderbox, the tinderbox needed to be fixed. And you have a lot of answers to that. The community surprisingly Roy has found answers his call if he asks for something they show up he saved a lot of lives during the catastrophe when the hurricane happened and people remember him for that while politically he's problematic he finds himself in a position that I think Roy in the past has become uncomfortable with 
Um, I feel like he was uh, extremely uncomfortable at first, but uh, knowing that there's really no one else that he can turn to in this, uh, he's kind of just got to suck it up and do it. And so he has been doing so and trying to help out where he can and just help get the town back to where it should be. So where'd the tinderbox end up? How? So the tinderbox, I believe we were able to, uh, is the word dredge. I feel like Mitch and, and, Bob and, uh, Strana would know for sure. Uh, we, we, we get the water out of that motherfucker basically. Uh, uh, I, I enlist Bop and Tig to help us f- get the water out, and we rebuild. Move it over here. Set it down. All of it. Nope. The legs aren't working right. Tig! Tig! They're not working right again. Ah, God. Bop, Bop, I work with steam and gears. You understand? I have no freaking idea how your weird silver contraptions contribute to anything we're doing. Little spidery legs move a lot of weight. Can- it's like a centipede. Can, can we just leave it to the guys? Can we just get leave it done? It to a, can we just get it done? Yeah, I, 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 it's hard to work with a wizard, right? They, they, they don't follow any guidelines. Then, it's ridiculous. Then just magic it done. I don't care. Can we just get it? I, I need to sleep somewhere. Fine, but I don't usually transport things this this large through a circle. Just a second. I get out my chuck and I start scribbling a circle. And I go, here we go. So. Magic can only get you so far if you want to lovingly hand rebuild yeah. something. Yes. Uh, the community had to come together, and uh, you find yourself in a position that you didn't understand. That you watched a friend also in, and you start to understand why he didn't fucking like it. Yeah. People used to turn to a much taller person than you for weird help. How is Roy dealing with that? Well, I am wearing his shoes. He's happy. <laughs> He's happy. Look at him. He's smiling. Yeah, I just, I just needed to see his reaction. I am wearing his shoes, and unfortunately, uh, I will uh, step up and take care of what needs to be taken care of, and I will assist the community where I can, despite not really wanting to. (laughs) Aw, you did fill his shoes. Yes. The life of a spymaster is strange. And a Dorvan one in a human settlement can be a long affair. It's not uncommon for a dwarf to spend several human lifetimes building rapport and negotiating the right treaties with these shorter-lived humans. Bob, your watch was blissfully short and wildly unpredictable. What had appeared to be a simple, albeit long, future of espionage amongst the people of Griffinport turned into a whirlwind of historical, political, and dimension-shattering events in a remarkably short time. Luckily, Bop always had a knack, not necessarily for planning, but for contingency. You became good at keeping several plates spinning at the same time, a juggling act that allowed for much to be done by proxy despite you not always being around. Groundwork and foundation has always been a Dorvan strong suit, and your foundations helped when least expected. These events will likely change the world, but for now your clans are safe, both of them the Ancient One of your bloodline, to which you remain staunchly loyal, and this new fledgling one, problematic and young, but showing some potential. Maybe you can teach them Dorvan respect in a few hundred years. But in the meantime, Bop's hands grow idle. How does Bop spend his time after the rift closed? I think we've already stated that Bop has been called upon by all of his annoying friends to fix all sort of really useless things like moving homes around and dredging old wrecks of a, of a tavern. Uh... What have you been up to, Bob? 
What what did Bob do Bob when he had time? The dude with a truck. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> yes. Bob ended up being a guy with the guy with the truck with a van. Oh, sure. You put it in the back. We we we'll take it back off. Lev- levitation is a great thing. You don't need forklifts. So screw that. No. Okay. Uh. So you you come across Bob sitting there in his home, his actual home, underneath his otherwise workshop. And he goes definitely underwater. So how? Wait, hold on, hold on. We're gonna you're gonna say some things, and I'm just gonna let Strana tell me uh, how is this possible? Because definitely underwater. Definitely, definitely, Bob's house was underwater. <laughs> well, and, and you hear this is from the, the the level of this is what Bob is thinking. These are his thoughts aloud in his mind. Because um, my home is starts out at least underwater. I go. It's a good thing I put those plans on stone plates. None of that paper shit. Just dissolves in water like this. It's a problem with humans sometimes, the impermanency. Let's see, which 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 thing did I put them in? Because if you remember, I have a ring of water breathing. <laughs> oh, so you're just underwater shuffling these slate blueprints yes, around? Yes, It's like, not Fantastic. this one, not this one. Oh, this is all destroyed. We can go to contingency plan Lambda B. I get to build a mountain. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I said I was going to go with this, Strana, but wait, hold on. What does Bob do? Uh, I, I pull out a, a series of slates, and on them is the workings for uh, a dwarven-worked stonework that then appears as a mountain, riddled as it is with us. It's basically, if everybody knows a hive city, it's that not familiar with a hive city. Could you give me an explanation? Imagine a city composed of towers interlinking, one structure building on top of the other until you have the very highest pinnacles, a series of broken spires piercing what would otherwise seem a mountain. So... So you're you're gonna pile up a mountain out of the water, and then from the other water, you're gonna have towers that surround this mountain? We're, we're gonna carve basically stone networks. Instead of mining a mountain and building a city, uh, we're going I, to reverse that. Uh, we're going to mine uh, and build a mountain, but with the passageways, hallways, rooms, convenient I, mass transit. Lambda B. I uh, this plan. I uh. All right, so when you, if we visit Griffinport in the future <laughs> campaign, I'm gonna have to spend a few hours with Strana. I don't, I, I, I don't think I can mentally wrap my mind around what Griffinport looks like right you now. You did this. I did this. <laughs> it's like in in in, I, I, I in, in the future, you, you see like weird insectoid walkers crawling up and down vertical faces with people with a cup of cup of coffee what? and the morning paper oh my god oh my god okay so i i'll, I'll go ahead and allow this to happen because it, it is something i wanted to address the veil between the feywild and the material plane particularly in grevenport is so paper thin magic is too easy to do here and bop is the first one to figure this out tigawalk's argument with bop that we did earlier is deeper than we imagine because Tigawag is very upset at like the laws of fundamental physics being broken every day by Bop in particular make him irate and frothing at the mouth. Um, an, an army of golems helped me build this and maintain it. <laughs> an army of golems, an army of silver golems. That's okay. I Str- yes. Strana, yes. Str- Strana. I'm gonna sure. <laughs> 
Uh, is there anything about Bob that you want to to resolve about his story? Because uh, I'm going to take it away from this so that you don't make me do wild shit in my own campaign world anymore. <laughs> we're going to we're going to pivot to a more personal mm. level. I we just established that Bob is I'm, evil I'm... because the first thing evil characters always do in Jay's game is rebuild a shit city. Every time. It's true. Yeah, this uh, is true. Every time. Bob is the BBEG, guys. <laughs> yep, I gotta rewrite my next campaign. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. Many, many years go by. Uh, uh, Bob is once again in his home. It's now, you, you see scroll and spell work where, 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 where's Bob's home? Uh, now it is at the very base of the city, down deep underneath everything, hidden behind glyphs and wards uh, okay. as to be stable and undetectable. Found a way to un- unflood the tunnels, but maintain the levee? Oh, no, it's still flooded. It's still flooded. Oh, oh, okay. It had to be close enough to dirt to pound. <laughs> and I go, well, Hammer, it has been a good life for me. We created something out of the ashes of something else. But now, I think... I Normally, I'd be very happy about it, Bob, but what the fuck did you make me do? A home that will last a thousand dwarven lifetimes. It was good. It is too bad I can't continue to see it further. This is simply my last time here. But I left a few riddles here and there about you, little hammer. Someone will figure it out eventually and seek you out. In this, my last resting place. I crawl upon an intricately carved throne. Uh, yeah, no, we'll take a step away from your concrete works and more move to a personal thing, and it won't be so wild. And Strana said, <laughs> hold my beer to the DM. Okay. And as, as, I, as I sit upon this throne, I look back over my life, smile, and my head falls to my chest, and the light leaves my eyes. The hammer... Is, put, is grasped still in my hand with it sitting on the armrest of this throne. Strana didn't stop being Strana up until the very end. God bless him. <laughs> as I do. As I do. Shit. Not every story has a clean start. Sometimes it takes time to build traction in the muddy ground of a confusing and unclear world. Heroes are often only heroes in a limited context. The Dark Lord is evil. Killing him saves lives, yes. But what about the repercussions later? This question is usually asked by people who had the luxury of time or context. Historians or cynics who weren't there when the world was ending and a choice had to be made. Lives were on the line and a plucky group did what was necessary to not just survive, but do what they thought was right at a time when they were up against the 11th hour. It was these kinds of people that eventually started pointing fingers and asking who they could blame, who would answer for the cruel twists of fate that left them as survivors against a backdrop of so much misery. Misery they didn't ask to remember, and being who they were, couldn't focus on how lucky they were to be around to remember, and to blame someone else. It was because of this, and the new Council of Griffinport's need to bring the people together with common goals, and some semblance of control, the trials were held. But Dylan isn't there yet. My question to Dylan is, uh, when you left the city with Sandra and Julie, where did you go? Dylan took Julie and Sandra to a small cottage 
of the Bennett family that he could hide out in. Not for a oh, long time, okay. but for enough. For his family and for Julie, especially. Okay. I, th- I think that it was very quiet for a very long time. Nobody thought to go looking for for you for, at le- for a while. There was too much to do, I'm sure. Um, you guys were very quietly happy. It was a very simple, rustic life. You told Julie your story and you worked with her on how to control these powers she has and did your best to kind of help her understand the weight that she has accidentally taken upon herself. And through teaching her, you had some time to come to grips with it yourself because the truth is, is you guys have both made a choice that you haven't figured out how to deal with and you'll probably be working through for quite some time. The good news is, is that you have, neither one of you have been talked to by Azazel for a while. After a couple of months, Sandra comes to you and she says, Dylan, I, uh, I received a message from, from Granlin. I'm going to head back to the city for a little while. I, uh, I think it's time I do too. Okay. We probably shouldn't go together because I'm going in openly and, um, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Could you, uh, take Julie with you? Um, do you think it's best that she goes? I feel like there's, if, from what I've heard, Granlin's been keeping in touch, there's a lot going on in the city, and people do remember her. There's a good chance that, that Julie isn't, I don't know, maybe, I could message you once I get there, might be a good thing to do, and then you could join after I get some more information. Okay. I just know it's about that time I go home. Yeah, I'll try to get back to you soon. It's it's not a far. We're not that far. Yeah, no. It doesn't take long before a few days, just you and Julie. Which, once again, they're nice. They're sort of this this sword of Damocles hanging over the both of you because you don't really know what to expect, but you do get messaged back ascending from from Sandra saying, "If you come, you will be put on trial." I have not told them about Julie, and I don't think they need to know. Julie can be anyone she wants to be, because she's not on record. We'll be heading there soon. And I'm going to look at Julie. Smile at her. Julie? Uh, it's time for me to go. Yeah, it's, t- it's time for us to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's time for us to go. Yeah, we're, we're going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know that you, you, you might pull some crap and say, stay here. And I'm not doing that. Oh no, I'm not doing that. I'm oh, not that okay. dumb to think you'll listen to me. Oh good, you do. You you're listening too. That's good. I'm glad that you're learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You we we both know that the person we listen to is Sandra, <laughs> <laughs> and she's gone. Uh, we've been yeah, without supervision for for three days. Yeah, don't tell her about what we did. To you know what? She'll find that, it later. That that outhouse was never there. That, that was a boar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah definitely I, wild, I, I, big mean beast. Big, 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 big boar. Yeah, Massive yes. boar. Yeah, we'll work the story out as we walk. Yeah, we yeah we got this. Uh, when you get back to Griffinport, uh, you show up, and it's been a few months, I think. Like I said, you guys spent some time, and it's unrecognizable. Uh, there is these towers of stone and this very large cairn-style like mountain that's sort of been built near the cliff edge. The dwarves seem to have not just expanded under, but up. Um, and it reeks of Bob. Yep, that tracks. Fuck and <laughs> shortly upon arrival, you are confronted by a motley group of armed men. 
Uh, you don't recognize a lot of them, but the person at the head of it goes, Oh, hey, Dylan. And it's Dottie. Hey, Dottie. Hey. And you're under arrest. I know. And yeah. Dylan walks forward and puts his arms out. I remember when you were when you were like, hey, how are you going to be the Batman? <laughs> it's right fucking now, and I drop down in front of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Roy. Oh, hey, man, Dottie. <laughs> uh, no, Roy. Roy, we're on business right now. Yeah. I'm supposed to arrest him. He'll come quietly. He'll just walk in. How's that? I did not throw up the signal. That's, I did. That's we fine. Didn't. I know where I need to be. <laughs> hold wow. on. Hold on. Go dig a hole and bury it. I'm here, aren't I? Uh, Dylan's like looking around. Hold on. Wait. I I need a catch up. Did someone shit their pants? Why are we digging a hole? No, he's just full of it. Uh. Oh. Why do you have a signal? We'll talk about it later. Okay. But for right now, I need to get you into the courthouse. Apparently. <laughs> uh, okay. You are marched and you are put before a tribunal. Dylan, what's your mom's name? <laughs> Why does that Is it Martha? Dylan, it, it's the most Dylan, this is the most polite arrest you've ever seen, despite Roy. Yeah, I, I let Dylan walk forward and he goes to where he needs to go. I'm right behind him and everybody else is behind us. Yeah. It's polite right up until you enter this makeshift courthouse that's been built in the higher end of the city. And uh, Dottie kind of snaps to attention, waves Roy away, and around a corner you see Brandon. I don't leave. Sporting a badge of a city watchman. Hello. Nice to see you all again. We don't need to talk. Yeah, I figured. I just, it's my instinct when I'm nervous. The trial happens. There is a handful of witnesses to what goes on. It seems to be a random selection of people that have survived. And Dylan, you are led up to the pulpit, this this area in the center where everyone can look at you and obviously prepare to judge you. Brandon steps forward as a bailiff and lays out your crimes. Assault on noblemen. Attempted murder of his own father. Blatant disregard for military command. Oh, yeah. Like, Randall's. Dylan's uh, nodding his head yeah. and, like, uh, yep, yep. Ah. Attempted patricide. Oh, uh, yep, definitely did that I, one. I, I raise my hand and I do do the iffy kind of thing on that one. That was mainly me. I mean, uh, oh, Roy, I took credit for it, by the way. I didn't. Rude. Don't use. <laughs> and while we don't have a name for it, it is likely his actions that led directly to the chaos and bloodbath at Santitas. Oh, yeah. I also put forth that he has confessed to the murder of William Dimitri. All rise while the council members come forward. And Dylan, the first one to come out, is King Roland, who has a stern face. The next to come out is Aramindor, who's also looking like, like hard to like measure what he's, his thoughts are. He doesn't seem to have any opinion. And next comes Darius, who nods at you, but does not smile. Ne- next steps out Gorbak, who makes eye contact with you, which is a, it's a win. <sighs> Don't cry in front of the nobles. <sighs> and you feel like this is a mixed bag, and 
a little little nervous and and then also you see behind Gorbak comes Michael who they all just sort of coldly nod at you it seems that they are here very much all business and most of them do have fairly stern faces but the final person to come out is Sandra who doesn't like make a big deal or nod at you who is the court clerk for the record Oh, the court clerk, uh, as you look to your left, the guy scribing down everything being written is Alec LaCourt. Yeah! Who has survived I kill him. the... Yes. Uh, <laughs> Roy kills him. And now I'm on trial. That's how we get Dylan out of it. Yeah, sorry, people. Alec. We uh, we didn't forget about you, and neither did Roy. Never. Nah, he's fine. He's Never. fine. He's cold. He's fine. And the trial is a bit of a blur. A lot of argument is brought to bear. A lot of it's circumstantial. Several witnesses. You have a few that are very neutral. Sarah, who met you in the army and talks about working near and under you and under Willem Bennett. There are a handful of soldiers who happen to be there when Willem Bennett was stabbed that testify. There are people from that battle who also testify as to what happened, and it lays a very grim story for you. But there's also a lot of people who testify for you. Sadly, some of the ones that might testify the best appear to be on this council. What about Drecht? Drecht is one of the ones who is definitely... He's like, he wouldn't... No, nah, he's great, man. He did all the right things. There's absolutely no way that any of these things are, at, are true at all. He admitted to most of them. Why the fuck would you do that, Dylan? I, 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 I think he just did his best. Grimace, you are not on the stand yet. You will be next. Yeah, the guy, the, the guy whipped him for fuck's sake. Like, if anybody deserved to die, it was Will and Bennett. We're not talking about whether Will and Bennett deserved to die. We are, And also, it was attempted murder. Will and Bennett survived. I raise my hand. Am I still doing his execution later? Who? Willen or Dylan? No, Willen. Willen. No, we're not executing Will and Bennett. I did, I did volunteer. Yeah, well, I know, but it's we're not... Just let he's just, already when it happens, trial, let me know. I don't think it's fine. I'll be around. He's too weak to he's too weak to serve sentence. There's nothing uh, there's no point. In in fairness, Roy, you've also volunteered to kill me multiple times. That's also still on the table. <laughs> damn it. Yeah, uh I'm gonna say this that after everybody does do their thing, they do give Dylan one last statement. What is Dylan's last statement? I don't deny any charges brought against me. And I will gladly take any punishment that the council sees fit because uh, I believe now more than ever everyone should face justice for what they've done King Roland stands up and he nods at you well spoken well spoken boy we will convene we will meet in the back room we will come out with our verdict and they go back into a back room and it takes a much longer time than Dylan would like Hey, you got a beer, Roy? He is not allowed any beer. He is a prisoner until told well, otherwise. I'm a prisoner? No. No. Dylan my boy. What he did, he didn't do. I did. Dottie, why is this man allowed? I told you he's not supposed to be in here. Me? Shut up. Like I said, it, it takes way too long. You feel very just left out to dry at the moment. And even though you know that a lot of those people were your friends, you recognize that they represent something above themselves at the moment. And when they come back out, Alec LaCourt has his quill pensively raised above thing, ready to write down the sentence given to you. We, the Council of Griffinport, state that Dylan is guilty of attempted patricide, that he is guilty of disrespect 
for leadership. Absolutely guilty of this. He's guilty of the murder of William Dimitri, but we cannot prove it other than his testimony that he has done so. The fact that he has testified that he has done these things leads us to believe that he is willing to suffer the consequences. And so, we will not be going for capital punishment. We are in a time where the people of Griffinport are stretched too thin. There will be no capital punishment today. Instead, he is going to enter a mandatory civil service. Using the abilities that he has been granted by his life and experience within the powers of Griffinport, by the powers of Griffinport, we are going to make him the co-head of a new watch guild. To the side, you see John Finn Rowan go, yes, son of a bitch. I, mu- I muttered to Dylan, it sounds like you got a lowercase punishment. And, and, and you see Brandon, who is the bailiff next to you. He, he immediately goes, you can't do this. This is not fair. I am not going to run the watch with him. Yes, you will, because you are guilty of treason. And I waive your punishment until today. Oh, hey, Brandon, I kind of forgot about that, too, if it's fair. Like, I, I, I totally forgot you did anything bad. That helps at all. It doesn't. He did so many bad things. Evans in the back and quietly laughs, going, <laughs> the punishment is each other. Brandon, do you, do you like your desk on the left or the right? <sighs> right. Time goes by, Dylan, and, uh, you immediately realize why Jonathan Rowan hated his job. People are troublesome. Even in the midst of a crisis, you are always finding people who commit crime because people tend to be selfish if they have no better reason not to be. And things are hard. Times are hard. Early on, it's very difficult to find enough food and resources to keep the survivors of Griffinport in a stable relationship. You 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 are always... Roy gets to be off the hook because you show up to mediate disputes with your people and Dottie and Brandon and Block. Luckily, some old friends and co-workers, but now you're in charge and you find that the separation of being in charge of them does make a strange gap that makes it feel strangely lonely and tiresome. This job sucks, but at the same time, you can get a lot done. When you're not chasing Roy, who is randomly committing vigilante justice, and technically it's your job to stop him from doing that. Uh, Dylan shaved his beard and mustache into just a mustache, and he has like five o'clock shadow. Fantastic. And instead of armor, he wears a long coat and a suit and tie. <laughs> Fantastic. He so it's the I, I imagine that the first thing he does is find Dottie's uh, uh, snowflake symbol and tell tell her to yes, dismantle the, it. The, yeah, the frost <laughs> signal. Yeah. Yeah, the frost signal. Yeah. We're not supposed to call the Frostman. That's the rules. <laughs> hey, Iceman. Hey. Holy shit, you're here. I told you. We're gonna put a bell on. I'm gone. Why does he do this? <laughs> Dylan, by the way, to help with the rebuilding efforts, uh, House Bennett has a lot of extra money it doesn't need anymore. So that's gonna be donated. Okay. Um... Your family, uh, your family's home was always outside of the town, so luckily it got to avoid much of the flooding. Uh, one of the things you find is that your house, uh, still stands, and your mother is doing a lot better than she used to, which is good, because the roles have been reversed. While your mother used to be ill much of the time, and your father took care of her, your father was barely hanging on to life, kept in the same bedroom she once spent most of her time in. And when you come to tell her that you want to give the family's money away, she's all for it. 
and uh, after I get the okay from my mom, give her a hug, I walk into my dad's room and inform him about how beautiful Orc District's gonna look in the coming year. I, I agree. Healing is easy enough in a magical world, but the problem was removing a chemical solvent that seals your lips shut, not so much. The man nearly suffocated to death caused a tremendous amount of lung damage because he also had a punctured lung at the time. And he doesn't look great. So I'm going to inform him that a wonderful donation in the name of the Bennett household will be given to the Mages College and Orc District. He can barely talk. His just eyes are angry. Dylan, Dylan's just smiling at him and goes, Your legacy will live on, and it will live a little better. Have a nice day. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to have to speak up. As you close the door to your father's house, there is a voice in your head. You know you'll never quite be rid of me, right? Oh no, but you're going to be taking a back seat from now on. I don't mind. Good. Get the popcorn. I'm going to undo all the bullshit you did. Good luck with that. Oh, it's going to be a pain in my ass. And uh, then Dylan goes back to his home, where Julie and Sandra are waiting. Sandra, Sandra's busy as a council member, but yeah, she absolutely checks in as much as she we can. Make, we, we make time, we have Yeah, absolutely. Night, it, it's know? rough. You're, you are running a new watch house under very chaos. Like, it, you, you gotta make time, because if you don't make time, it's PTA not important We have meetings that we have to switch off who goes to. Well, so good question. You're saying the school, huh? What happens yeah. with the school? You want Julie uh, to start schooling again. How exactly is that going to work? Is it like regular schooling or like magical schooling? Jorge no los dos. Dylan's going to start not the same college that was there, but something a little better. That's good because there's nothing left more, of that. <laughs> and something that accepts more than just the nobles that pay the most money. So when you reach out with a sack full of money and an idea... Uh, you find that a person you didn't expect to see is very much already... You find Star when you reach out, Holy and you very shit. quickly find her, and you have a meeting with her, and she's so excited to see you. Oh my god, Dylan, I've been wanting to start a school uh, in general learning. Uh, maybe magic, but the truth be told, I don't think we should be teaching magic to people until they're way better prepared for it. I The only reason... I just wanted you to know, the only reason that I ever wanted... That I got involved with with the Deuce and the whole plot against the king was that he promised he was going to pay us a lot of money so that I could get books so that we could improve the learning at the school. And star, I wanted star, to start. Star, uh, star, 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 what? star. What? Yeah. One, I've never related to you more than in this moment. Oh. Uh, oh my god. And two, uh. I know you want to do a lot of good. I know you do. Good, good is but, so hard to do. Yeah. And I want to like you. I do. But you kept fucking up. So I need you to, I need you to fucking, from I, now on, I, 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 to, do, to, to do the right thing, even if it sucks. Absol yeah, absolutely. Um, I... And, and instead of, instead of just going on your own to figure and solve the problems, talk to people. You know, talk to me, talk to... Do you have anyone that you would recommend to run a school district? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Granlin, maybe? Uh, She's too busy. Sandra's busy, too. I can't find Roy on a daily basis. I don't. I wouldn't I, no, put him around children. No, I would not. What? Are yeah. you here? <laughs> <laughs> He's always here when you least expect him. <laughs> he really is uncomfortable. The the Skeleton man I would have sponsored got a new job. Uh, 
apparently. Roy filled me in a little bit. It's confusing. I mean, you, actually. I, you just told me that I that I fuck up. I want, if yeah. I'm supposed to reach out to somebody, who am I supposed to reach out to? You fucked up. But that doesn't mean you will fuck up. Learn from your mistakes. If you truly want to do the right thing, do the right thing. I believe in you. Don't get me wrong. I believe in you. Because I believe you want to do the right thing. Thank you. Yeah. Just don't fuck it up. You said you said that already. But I need to make it clear, because it wasn't clear to me enough, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Okay, fair. So, uh, a new school is built. Uh, Julie attends. As, lo- as well as any other students who deign to choose to. Uh, you find somehow that the, the, that the tuition is quite low. Uh, really, the only thing that your new school spends its money on is food plans. Uh, good. Roy attends when he feels like it. And in Dylan's spare time, at a, at a new place to live that was given to him by Roy, he uh, starts writing a book. There's a small cottage on top of a hill with furniture that's way too big and in a very large chair with a very large daughter because she's starting to get to be a teenager. He finishes writing his book and closes it and its title is A Grim Fairy Tale. Did you really write a book about yourself? Oh, yeah. Of course. You pretentious asshole. In in fairness, I didn't make myself look any less like an asshole. Yeah, I noticed. So there's there's one character, though, that there's, like, no ending for. Maybe we should try to figure that out. Oh, what do you mean? Sobobos. Faith is an amazing ability. The ability to hold steadfast to what you believe, to face the actions and hate of the world, and still come out believing a sacred truth. To remain steadfast to oneself and one's creed, despite all attempts by the universe to undermine and overwhelm. The fists of Newman followed the light of Newman, or thought they did, and those that survived what they called the obfuscation or false rapture found themselves face to face with the idea that their god could be stopped, or for those that were at ground zero, that their clergymen could be unfit, corrupt, or mistaken in their interpretation of the light. A splintering of the faith at such a time when devilish forces have most assuredly infiltrated one, if not multiple, nations seems inevitable. That the most vocal of the gods against the invasion of the five elves could be defeated, crippled, and shattered at such a crucial time in the history of Shar does not bode well. But many of the faith still exist, and a small handful hold true to the tenets of their faith, the true tenets, those of light, honesty, valor, and the protection of the world. Some like Daedalus, and also his good friend Sobobo Solinolus, who we last saw taking a small tiefling child to a safe town in the northeast, a new village made up of the fleeing members of an old village. Put that stone over there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right, right here? Right. Yes, I, I think that's how Bob would have done it. At least that's what they told oh, okay. me. Okay, yeah. Who's, who's Bob? There's some dwarven guy. Oh, okay. Dora's and other stuff, right? <laughs> That's what they say. That's it. Did you ever look at Old Quarter? I mean, think about how long dwarves lived. I mean, they could have done something. But hey. You just, there's this tiefling boy who's just like, you, you tell me a lot of things and they don't always make sense. Okay, I'll just I'll just put the stone wherever you want. Just don't make me lift it again. But, uh, fair enough. You know, we really should build ramps. 
I mean, I could just like lift it up and put it over there. Conk. Okay, but okay. Uh, I, I know you've answered this before, but why why am I doing this again? This is the outer perimeter wall for, for the temple. A temple to Newman. Yes. Newman's true light. It's still there for those that can glimpse it. Some will think it had oh. faded in their vision, but no, it's still there. Okay. And quite frankly, people need a little of that light back in their eyes. And look, look around us. You can see the rest of them building back up what they can with what they have. Sabobas holds his arm up and shows that this this tiny village is all working. They're all building this fairly modest temple to begin with, but Sabobos has plans to expand upon it over time. The, 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 the current foundations are being very well worked, but the actual walls, the plan is to expand them. So we're not trying to get too concrete, but we do want something that'll keep us out of the rain and keep us safe in times when the congregation should be. Hi. This will be a nice one. It doesn't need to be as fancy as that one in Griffin Port. That's not the point of such things. Sheltering people's heads. That's the point of such things. Get them out of the rain so they're not uncomfortable while you speak about Newman. That's an important thing. Quite frankly, though, I, I feel the stirrings of, of something else from Newman. It's not quite time yet, but eventually we'll have to leave this place and make sure that these people are good as they are. There's something deeper and older, I feel. Yeah, my, my people are going to come, um, and if what you say is right, then they're not going to get along with people here. Oh, you might say that, but quite look at this. Most of these people outside of their small villages barely work with each other. Look how they're working now. There's something here, something that needs to be grown, and I think it will grow. But there's also something else I have to consider. Somewhere, somewhere, my brother's lost the way. And sometimes, to go forward, you have to go backwards, I think. I have to find the beginning of a thing. The first of a thing. Not yet, but soon. Very soon. I'll have to turn my hand from this working to the next. Hopefully. Okay, but could you turn your hand to lifting up a stone, please? Because, like... Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Here, 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 here's one of the one-ton blocks. <laughs> <laughs> there, now it'll be flush up against it. I, th- I think that's good. So, Roy, uh, the one other thing that you wanted us to cover, Ryan, is that you wanted to talk to Aviel. Only a day after the events, long before any of this has happened, you're still caught up in the chaos of the aftermath, honestly, but... On a one day when you're particularly tired, you've been hanging out around Daedalus and Evan getting work done. Today it was physical labor, because it has to be done by someone. What is your final question to me, or to a character? Daedalus, where have you been this whole time? Oh, that's the one you want to do. (laughs) Daedalus? Uh, Working. Working. The light of Newman fills me, and idle hands create the devil's work. So I keeping in the spirit of people who know that things must be done have been very busy uh, and not everything needs to be explained thank you very much are you going to continue working or are you going to stop me from working you can you, you're on your break but i'm not thank you oh yes. okay well yeah you don't got to be snippy about it look i recently found out that my god and my clergy were dicks and i'm sorry bro. I'm, I'm really sorry right that was that was really i mean we've sorry. always been cool i'm not dylan i mean i was cool with <laughs> 
Dylan. I was always looking out for the boy. It doesn't matter. Uh, Dylan's doing good, by the way. I don't know if I if I told you yet. I'm sure. As far as I know, he made it out safe. I'm sure he's fine. He'll be back. Dylan wanders off. I mean, I assume I'm just talking to Oville at this point. Yeah, no one else is around. They've all wandered off. People are t- even there's people around, but they're too tired. Like they're they're in a sweat and like taking a, a moment. It's been a lot to do. Yeah. Hey, Avil, are you okay? I'm good, Roy. I'm very good. I've been kind of quiet lately. Um, I know I've been doing my own thing, and there's a lot going on to help rebuild and stuff. But like, you're still here. Yes. Oh yes. No, I'm 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 fine. Um, over time. I don't think I will be able to stay on the material plane because I feel that it weakens me. Um, you you might have to go to the Feywild someday, or we might have to say goodbye. And I will leave that choice to you, because I am okay with either. Do you, do you know how how long, maybe? No, no, I imagine it would depend on how much I exert myself. Could be years. But but eventually it will be a thing. Well, I'm going to say go ahead and take it easy, and then we'll figure it out when it comes to that. Sure. I'll enjoy the ride. Strap in. Is, is there something else you wanted to ask me, though? I can feel it in your mind. I mean, you haven't... Obviously you haven't done it yet. Done what? Scream. Oh. Yeah, no, no, um... No, it's been days, hasn't it? He's not dead yet. That's the only thing I can say. Goliaths or giants? A strange representation, maybe, but giants nonetheless. Giants are a stubborn group, primordial and unchanging throughout time. A branching family of colossal creatures stemming from the titans themselves. Goliaths, though smaller still possess this stoic mentality and deep well of resilience, a strength that helps them weather the changing of the world, and also to scale the highest, most unforgiving peaks to continue their ancient burial practices. This stubborn behavior can also lead a Goliath to find himself trudging up the tallest mountain, traveling leagues, exposed to the elements, without their boots. Cloud soupy shit. At least the trees are gone, but can't see a damn thing. At least I know which way's up. Drag my heavy ass up this big ass damn hill carrying these damn rocks. Bet he hasn't. I, damn, I swear to God, that boy didn't try him on. I told him. If he hasn't tried that shit, I told him. Oh, I'm, I will haunt him. I swear to God, I will haunt his ass. Avil, I'm gonna come chill with you. We gonna haunt this boy if he didn't try my boots on. You tell him. When I die, when I kick the bucket, you tell him. You scream at him. You scream at him. Put on the damn boots. That's that's what you scream. You don't scream none of that shrieky shit. You tell him to put them damn boots on. You hear? You hear? Damn, my toes is cold. Oh shit, that no, no, all right, still got it. All ten, all ten. All right. Fuck, it's cold up here. Bruce breaks the cloud line finally separating himself from the snowstorms and the harsh icy ground only to reach the parched windy peak. Light bathes a somber scene. A long ring of still figures silently surveys the horizon in all directions. Eerily still and completely unmoving despite the strong mountain winds. At the top, a large cairn of stones caps the mountain. Several feet shy of this ring of figures, an old Goliath can be seen. Hunched, 
facing the mountain summit, his arm outstretched with a sizable stone. He doesn't move, having succumbed to the cold, harsh climate. Bruce looks down at the Goliath figure with the unusually large stone compared to those around him. Oh shit! I guess they didn't call you Denier for a reason! Give me my point, my friend! And, uh, and Bruce sinks down low, balancing his waist over his haunches, grabs Denier around the waist, and carries him all the way, deftly avoiding the stone frozen figures of his fallen family, dodging in and out unnecessarily in acrobatic glee, until finally laying Denier to rest on top of the pile with the stone. Bruce looks down. That's right. I don't know how many points you had on that, but I got double. Bruce chuckles softly to himself, then removes the stone from Denier's hand and places it among the pile. He searches around for a suitable spot and then pulls from his pocket an uncut, raw chunk of geode, sequestered from that hidden room, that shrine to the final struggle of Magog and the Dwarven Champion. He places the geode and immediately it becomes unidentifiable among the other stones. It's course outside, blending in with hundreds, perhaps thousands, of other trophies. Bruce picks up Denier around the waist and moves him back down to the circle of his fallen ancestors. He places Denier, standing tall and proud, still in the passing position, facing outward over the lands below. Well, I guess uh, now that that's taken care of, I, uh, all I got left to do is uh, take a leak and die. As Bruce sets down Denier, his eyes travel back up to the horizon, to the cloud line far away where he knows Griffinport should be, and he sees the strange colored horizon and the rift in the sky that he knows leads to the Feywild. And as he stares for a moment, he happens to catch a flaring of light coming from the other side of the rift, and then an immediate flash and small dimming. And while it doesn't go away, it feels stiller, like something has quieted some angry beast in the sky. Bruce looks out over the cloud line towards Griffinport and observes the spectacle. He sees the great unsettling for a moment and is unsure what it means, and then beholds as the skies in the area become still, the clouds begin to disperse, and the rift all but disappears. As he gazes upon it, his one normal mortal eye loses the ability to perceive the differentiation between the planes. But the eye of Magog, both older and more knowing, attuned to the plane itself, is able to see the breach. Not unmade, not repaired in its entirety, but sealed, if only for the time being. Well, shit! Man, I, I thought you guys fucked that up, I ain't gonna lie. I, I'm, I'm proud of you boys. I, uh, it's good. It's good for an old man to see. A good last bit out. Wasn't able to see nothing up here anyway. Hold on, Dag. You know you could have cleared that up a, a day ago. Would have been would have been nice if you could have could have wrapped this up while I was climbing up through that shit. But I, I mean, y'all, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Y'all done good. I hope. Bruce pats near in the back. Bruce circles around the top of the mountain for a time being, initially ill prepared to receive the spectacle for what it is. All Goliaths know that this is where we go to rest, but few if any Goliaths have returned from here. An indescribable spectacle, a celebration of life, a commitment to death, 
and a timeless honoring of ancient tradition all wrapped into one. To look upon generations of ancestors, upon family, upon friend, upon relatives you may have never known, to see them in their final rest, viewing the world as it is, viewing the world as it was indefinitely. His people having always been traditional, but this is an act of finality that he had never known any other people to share. A timeless, unified act, standing together in their last moment until time itself undoes their existence in a place so high, so cold, and so dry that nothing dare intervene. Bruce is taken aback by this, even to such extent that he ceases his swearing about his cold feet, and then he finds what he is looking for finally. His last errand before he completes his sacred journey. His last remaining task amongst the living. The final act to complete, to fulfill his duties as a Goliath, as a friend, and as a father. And there he finds his long lost friend sitting pensively and peacefully among the stones. A friend he had not seen for many years. Though she had grown a great deal since the last time he had seen her. Aged and matured by decades of continued life and years thereafter, he finds his former spouse. You, uh, you look good. And, uh, your boy's, uh, your boy's doing well. He's a good lad. And Bruce rests his hand upon her back. Sorry things couldn't, uh, played out a little bit better. But it seems like, for the most part, they played out all right. I know, uh, we left... I know we, uh, we left some things unresolved. Things that didn't play out so great. But, uh, I think I found a way to at least fix part of that for us. Figure it's the least I can do, right? Bruce sits down next to his old friend, long lost, but never forgotten. Large body clambering clumsily to the ground, weak with age, weak with exertion, having spent most of his remaining energy in his last game with Denier. Bruce rifles through his remaining pouch, looking for that last and most significant trinket. God damn it! Bruce rapidly withdraws his hand from his bag as he digs into it and finds a quarrel of arrows. What, what? Why, what? Oh, shit. Bruce moves him to the side and pulls out a finely polished silver plate. Engraved in the center of it, a cameo, a portrait of his daughter in fine relief. A project he had contributed many hours. A project that had cost him the remainder of his coin and many hours of painstaking work. Ah, uh, I know we didn't get to... I know she didn't make it up proper, how things played out and all, but I figured last thing I could do was, uh, I could bring Ace Glayne back to say goodbye to you. And, uh... With his other hand, Bruce reaches into his pocket, pulls out his favorite comb, and sweeps his hair back. Standing to its highest form, atop the peak, nearly turning his head in the stiff winds, Bruce carefully positions the mirror Centering the engraved relief of his daughter between the reflection of her mother and her father. As the eye of Magog begins to glow dimly, Bruce speaks out to no one in particular, 
You take care of my boy, Avil. The mystic energy of the Eye of Magog beams out, striking the polished silver finish of the lovingly handcrafted mirror, bouncing back and striking Bruce. And slowly, but surely, the powerful magic of the Eye of Magog begins to turn and petrify proud Bruce into a crystalline statue standing at the top of the mountain. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop my audio. You guys are done. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, let's go ahead and give it a round of applause for That's a Series Wrap. Just, oh, yeah. Guys, I... It's a Series Wrap on the show. Guys, I'm all for clapping, but I feel like that's really not... It's really not selling Torchlight Tavern the way it should. <clears throat> Balls. 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 I love you guys. <laughs>